Good evening and welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast. <laughs> so we're in our seventh Teamless Tuesday. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and tonight I'm joined by Mitch Brown, who is an expert physio. Hey, Mitch. Mate, how are you? Mate, a little bit under the weather, but getting there. Uh, mate, how about yourself? I'm pretty good. I'm COVID-free at the moment, mate, so life's good. <laughs> uh, that's good. I, I'm, I'm still COVID-free, apparently, and t- until I'm told otherwise, but, you know, it's probably on its way. And we also have Nick Lord, who is our stats guru. Nick, how you going, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Um, bit under the weather, but uh, yeah, we'll see in the morning how we're going. 100%. Well, look, uh, guys, before we start today, so we are on Facebook and Instagram at Boom or Bust NRL. So, guys, big news for us this week. So, we hit 1,000 likes on Facebook, 1,200 followers. Well done to all you all. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, and look, we're, we're hitting consistently uh, somewhere between three and 5,400 listeners as well. So thank you, especially to your listeners. And you know, a special shout out to anyone who's left a review or who's subscribed to the podcast as well. Really appreciate it, guys. Uh, yeah, thank you. And as always, leave a review, guys, for the podcast so that people out in the wild, if they're looking to find a good podcast, you know, they, they might pick us. So thank you. So looking at this week, guys, we have a few things coming up. We have the Boom or Bust Leagues and how we're going in those. The answer for me is not well, but moving on. We have the NRL News. We have our Sheesh Stats. We have our Trust Me, I'm a Physio with Mitch. We have the Naughty Corner with me. We are all part of where we went wrong this week. Uh, we have the rundown of all eight games coming up this weekend, including the Teamless Tuesday news. We have our To The Moon segment about break-evens, our point of difference, and you just had to be different. Oh, Captain My Captain for our captain's choices this week. Our trades that we're thinking about doing. And we to wrap us up, we have questions from the people out there. So look, let's kick us off into the Boom or Bust NRL Leagues. And I'm just going to kick us off, guys, with the Boom or Bust NRL overall. Heinous Crimes, which is a hilarious name, as Mitch mentioned previously, got 903 this week, guys. Jesus. Yeah, so he slapped it out. He's 20th overall. So whoever let this guy into our league, you know, which is, I think I openly advertised it, but, you know, we shouldn't have done that because he's absolutely slapping us. Well done. He, that That is an absolute crime, mate. You shouldn't have let him in. <laughs> yeah, so, heinous, well done, mate. Okay, Nick, how's your league going? Mate, we've got um, uh, Elias G, uh, same as last week, Cher Brothers, uh, 865 this week. He's the only one in our league that's, six, that's uh, undefeated. He's 6-0, so... He's tallying us all up. I'm coming, I think, six. I think oh. I'm five and one, so not too far behind. Nice, nice Very good. mate. Mitch, you must be five and one, mate. How are you going there? Five and one, more like two and four, mate. This is <laughs> I've never been part of a league where I've been getting towed so often. Um, so I'm sitting in 13th, and currently we've got the same bloke as last week, uh, Jack O'L, who is the coach of NRL FL Loms. He's also undefeated at uh, six and zero, so having quite a good season. And he's currently at uh, five thousand two hundred and seventy-six points overall. So he's doing very, very nicely. And uh, you know, I sort of likened myself to Michael Maguire last week. Now I think he's probably feeling better than I am. <laughs> oh, mate, 
speaking of uh, getting slapped, I am sitting in 16th out of 20 in my league with oh, a, oh. a two and four. Uh, my points differential is not bad. Minus 44. So yeah, like, to be two I'm and much four, the same. Yeah, I feel like I'm a bit like the Sharkies here, where you know it's the goal kicking that's been letting me down some weeks. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, not minus five hundred or so. So I'm not doing too badly. But yeah, sixteenth is not looking good. Uh, so the big news this week, fellas, is uh, Ray Stone's juggernaut got an eight fifty one. Jaden Clark, uh, and threat level midnight NRLFL is leading overall with. He is 6-0, and o, rank 538. So Sandy V, wherever you are, mate, you, you're giving us a good tailing up there too. We might need to uh, kneecap you. And having a look through your teammate, he did this, guys, with a Matt Burton 23, a Stephen Crichton in a tar- 29, Targo 32. So, geez, he's, he's pulled something out there. Anyway... Oop. Uh, let's have a look at the uh, what else is happening over here, guys. Our overall fantasy rank. So, Mitch, mate, how did you go this week? Uh, look, I'm. I actually did trend up a little bit this week. It seems like everyone just did worse than me. So, I moved up about two thousand uh, ranks with a score of eight hundred and fifteen. So, certainly didn't set the world on fire, but heading in a better direction. Awesome. Well done, uh, Nick. How are you going there, mate? Yeah, I moved another uh, 2,000 or so ranks up. Um, I don't really understand how, but I did. So I was about seven, seven and a half thousand. Now I'm 5,400 this week. Oh, actually, no, I'm 5,452, which is important because, Stu, what are you ranked this week? Oh, mate, I, I, I got, uh, got very lucky there. I'm uh, ranked 5,413. So, <laughs> you dick. <laughs> I, I got seven eighty nine this week. So uh, yeah, that was a bit of a bit of one. And just so you know, this is what my league is like, guys. I got seven eighty nine. The literally the guy beat me got seven ninety five. So it was it was a bit of a rough rough patch for me there. Um. Okay. So news this week, guys. There's not much news around the NRL traps. There's, there's a couple of things. One, Mitchell Moses apparently could be on the market. Um, from November 1 this year due to a clause in his contract. So he could be hitting uh, hitting the league around the same time as Munster. And those two entering the NRL market with no other halves basically on sale could mean pretty big moves or pretty big dollars around town. Uh, the other news, which also involves Eels, is apparently we've, uh, we've all sorted pictures of a man uh, who bet $100,000 at $1.05 on the Eels. And obviously, oh my god! And yeah, so to win five grand, he's bet a hundred and lost the hundred. So you bet on a stinky team, you get a stinky result. This yeah, is mate. why I didn't apologize last week. Yeah, I refuse to apologize. I, I, I'd bet on the Panthers all year before I bet on. Yeah. I'd bet on the friggin' Dragons before I put a hundred k on the Eels. Okay, that's going a bit far, mate. You'd lose a lot of money, but <laughs> I'd lose a hundred k just like this knucklehead did. Yeah. Same result. <laughs> That's true. I just look more ballsy and the wind would have been better. That's true. All good. Okay, so yeah, bad news about that. So Nick, she stats this week, mate. What's been happening in the world of stats? Uh, we've got um, quite a number of uh, more outlier performances I found this week. So 
Uh, in the offload department, we've got Kalen Ponga with seven guys, Whoa. which is just just ludicrous with the offload changes. And David Fafita, David Fafita with five. In the tackle bus department, we've got Kalen Ponga. He punched out ten. You know, ten's my threshold for Sheesh. So Ponga hit that. So yeah, uh, he's he's in two categories this week. In the turnover tackles, we've got Corey Harawiriyanara with three and Zach Lomax with three as well. In the uh, penalties conceded, Jeremiah Nanai, who's just like a negative uh, magnet in missed tackles and penalties apparently now. Um, he got four. Nathan Cleary, try assist department, he pulled out three to uh, top the week. Missed tackles, Billy Walters with seven. So you get into yeah. the tackling bats, mate. In the uh, kicking department, uh, Adam Reynolds, he had... 641 kick meters, which was the most this week, and three forced dropouts, which is uh, all important. In the try scoring department, Damon Cook put up a hattie. And in the tackling department, we've got the Bash brothers from the Bulldogs, Luke Thompson with 55, Josh Jackson with 54. So that would have sucked to be tackled by those guys this week. <laughs> um, yeah, the last one, the line break king at the moment. Ronaldo Molotala, he had three last week. He punched out four this week. So I don't know how, how on earth he's doing it. Yeah, he's just outrageous at the moment. Um, he's in excellent form, and um, we'll talk about him later. But four line breaks is pretty phenomenal against, as you say, Stu, against the Storm. Whoa. All right. Well, let, let's move to the other side. From the sublime to uh, the injurious... I don't think I'm ever going to say that line again on this podcast, guys. Don't worry. But uh, yeah, trust me, I'm, <laughs> trust me, I'm a physio with Mitch. Mitch, take us away, mate. Yep. So we got a few this week. So some news on Latrell Mitchell. He's had his knee cleaned out. Look, was having his hamstring uh, rehabilitated anyway. My sense is they knew about it, and uh, most cleanouts can sort of get done within that sort of six to eight week period so not really big news we'll continue to see taff and you know my, my senses and we said it last week that the hamstring is going to keep him out anyway so nothing ridiculous to add there tessie knew this is another one so we've sort of had a grade three hamstring tear quite a serious injury guys um he will more than likely have surgery and that could potentially be season ending i wouldn't be rushing someone like Tessie back in. Uh, the rehab can range from 16 to 24 weeks. Uh, and just hamstrings are such a tricky muscle. You'd be you'd be really brave to to bring him back without any sort of off-season or pre-season training. So that'll bring in Tamaro Martin uh, this week. Connor Watson, so he suffered a similar injury to Andrew Fafida. He's had fractured cartilage in his throat now. Didn't get the same sort of attention because... Uh, he didn't nearly die, but I would say he'll be out to roughly six weeks, and that will bring Sam Verrills into the team. He was already playing, but I would expect to see more minutes based on that. Dale Nukan, HI, uh, he'll be out for the week, uh, and that's going to see McInnes getting more minutes. Braden hamlin Ueli, ruptured pec. Uh, again, I could see that as potentially season-ending. They can be somewhere between four and six months, depending on if it needs surgical intervention. If it does, doesn't, then maybe 10 to 12. But more often than not, the ruptured pec does need that surgery. It's such an important muscle uh, for tackling. And uh, Braden, with his position, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him have surgery. So, again, more minutes for Cameron McInnes. Chris Patola, HIA, he'll be out for at least one week. Um... And the final one is Braden Burns. Now, he's been listed as eight weeks out with a hamstring. Guys, that tells us it's at least a two. 
uh, which is a fairly long amount of time for NRL boys. Typically, they sort of name the twos between six and eight. So the fact that they've listed it as eight or more is cause for a little bit of concern, and that's going to bring in Aaron Shoup. So a few serious injuries this week, guys, with um, some fairly big implications with both Beryl's and McInnes possibly picking up a lot more minutes uh, in their respective teams. Mm. No, fair enough. Well, there's, there's, there's certainly plenty to choose from there. Whoops. So, looking forward, uh, I guess uh, there's certainly plenty of opportunities there this week as well with uh, plenty of injury fill-ins, so that's, that's good to know. Yes, yeah, uh, so longer term injuries, hey, um, will definitely lead to some changes as, as we'll go through. 100%. So, look, let's look at the naughty corner this week. Now, there's no one's actually suspended this week, so we're just going to go for uh, for the guys who, you know, uh, got in a little bit of trouble this week. So, look, we've got Zach Lomax, who uh, carried on a little bit when he jumped on the back of uh, Tyson Frizzell and then got a got a bit of a uh, slam to the ground for his trouble. So, well deserved. Yeah, that's it. So, mate, don't jump on the back of people who... You know, aren't your teammates anymore? Uh, what tried- a flogger! Eh? Like seriously, I heard it on the radio. I think, and um, you know, the way they made it sound like is like he was actually near the play, but Frizzell was nowhere near them. Like it wasn't like. Do you remember uh, they they sometimes bring the opposition player to like the celebration huddle, like as a joke? I thought it was like that, but I watched the replay. I honestly couldn't believe that Lomax would do something so stupid. Yeah. And coming off a week where he played South Sydney and was making stupid errors all across the field, it's quite frustrating as a fan. And you look at Anthony Griffin and say, hey, mate, come on, you, you, what are you doing? Yeah, Bring him back into line. Put him, put him to Reggie's for a week. I don't, I don't give a shit. 100%. Well, fortunately this week, he will uh, he'll, he'll pay for it with about 1000 bucks. So hopefully he learns at least a little bit of his lesson when you can only afford 77 lattes instead of his normal 81. <laughs> So, uh, next up is Nathan Cleary. So, he did a literal grapple tackle this week. It was, it was yeah, just a bit of a weird one where he just, you know, it wasn't deliberately dangerous, but it, it was dangerous. And I thought that, uh, yeah, he handled it a bit better than, than some of the others when he got tuned up by Andrew Johns about the tackle. So, uh, in, in the... Uh, I think it was a Sunday footy show. He was right next to him and he got got asked about it. He's like, yeah, just owned that one. So well done to Nathan, uh, but don't do it no more, mate. Uh, please. And Francis Molo, he basically decapitated dude, but he's only got a fine for it. So he's... I saw, I saw that one. I'm not sure how he didn't get a... And I'm glad he didn't as a Dragons fan, but I, I'm not sure he didn't get a sin bin for that. That's That's been a sin bin all year and certainly was the first three rounds, so... 100%. It was just, I'm not just sure straight on the there. chin. Kaboom. So it wasn't one of those all accidentally travelled high things or bounced off the whatever. It bounced off his chin back into his chin. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, look, let's go with the things that we got wrong this week. I'll lead us off. Is that I did a double mistake this week. One, I didn't get Cleary in and he got 93. And then I said, oh, well, look, last week, I'll get Jackson Hastings. I'm going to make it the thing I stand on. Of course, Cleary scores is 93. I'm like, oh, I can't get in Jackson Hastings, so I don't get him in. I'll keep Leo Thompson. Of course, Leo Thompson gets 26. Jackson, Jackson Hastings pops out a 50-game-winning field goal. And I'm like, hey, oh, that could have been me. So, mate, my twofold, I didn't do what I said I would do. 
and I paid for it. So that's that's me. that's fantasy footy karma, mate. That's giving advice, telling everyone you're gonna take that advice, and then backflipping the night before. True. The footy gods looked at you, and they looked at you with disdain. They did. They did. Fortunately, at least the one good thing is, is that it's I'm not turning around here going Jackson Hastings got a seven, right? And I led you all wrong, and I didn't follow my own advice. He did well despite oh. me not getting on. That's the only thing is that I gave that, everyone That would have been bad. That would have been bad. Exactly. I'm Moses who didn't get to see the promised land, but I led the people <laughs> to it. So there we go. All right. Moving on. Nick, mate, what happened there for you this week? Uh, you well, last week, I apologized to the Eels fans about them being stinky. I was wrong. They are stinky. They lost the Tigers. <laughs> I warned you 40. not to apologize. I warned you. <laughs> We, we were meant to do this together, and you you left me high and dry, mate. Uh, okay, I'm back out on the eels. Um, I didn't watch the game, in all honesty, but the fact they lost the Tigers is just hilarious. So that's true. They they couldn't put it away. Mitch, how about you, mate? What did you get wrong this week? Uh, so I named Tavita Pengai Jr. as my player of difference. Look, I would still stick on him, but there there was some concern. I mean, he only had four demerits in that 28 points. Um, and and didn't really look the player we saw the week before. I still think he's a bit of a hole, but I do feel guilty for recommending him because I did think he uh, was going to get something going. The other thing I did recommend was uh, hanging on to Billy Walters, and he spat out six points with seven missed tackles and looked um, pretty darn ordinary and I think deservedly has been put on the bench. Uh, so that's been a bit of a tough one to swallow as well. So they're my two, two bad ones of the week. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right, guys. Well, now, now that we've gone with what we got wrong, let's look at uh, what we got right here. Well, I'll give you another thing I got wrong. I've got week five games on the listing for this week's ones. The week seven games for this week. Let's go with that. So, uh, game one, Thursday night. Sharks versus Seagulls. Top eight clash. I'm not sure there's uh, too many top eight clashes this week. So, this is certainly one. This should be one of the better games. Uh, Sharks heavy favorites here. Uh, big news from the Sharkies team this week uh, is that Aiden Tolman is in the starting pack uh, to replace Braden Hamlin Newaley. So Aiden, I guess that's why he's been on the bench for a while, right? To prepare for injuries. So he's back in. Uh, Dale Finucane is out with an HIA and Cam McInnes is at lock, guys. Starting 13. Wade Graham was due to be back around now, but we haven't seen him. Uh, so, but... Britain Nakora is back after getting COVID last week. Uh, Sione Katoa was late scratching last week uh, with his ankle, but is due back. Uh, Matt Ikevalu sits in reserves just in case he doesn't make it back in time. Uh, and COC for Talakai just sits there. Uh, uh, there's no sign of Connor Tracy at all, by the way, in the 24 either. So COC for Talakai is just sitting there pretty. Could you really drop him at this point? Like, he has been barnstorming the melbourne storm couldn't stop the left edge of cronulla no uh, and we're gonna i'm gonna talk about him in a second but connor tracy's not getting that spot back no connor tracy no way more likely to get like the 14 spot back maybe at that utility because can do a bit of half bit of back back line work that's yeah 100 it's it's a pretty ugly spot because you're right cc vitalikai he's reinvented himself for this edge player that's just smacking people around can you imagine? Uh, I haven't watched the Sharks this week, but you know how Penrith run that um, 
uh, left side play where Targa runs the inline and Kikai runs out the back. Can you imagine Tarkai running that inline from the centre <laughs> position? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who, what do you do? It's like having Junior <laughs> Paulo out there. It's just like... It is, man. He's so big. Oh, my God. You know, the Panthers have Targo. He's, you know, a decent hole runner. Like, not a huge man, but, oh, my God. Well, the advantage of Talak... The, the thing about Talakai, he doesn't have to run into holes. He just runs people over. You don't have to create a hole for Talakai. He's just going over whoever's in front of him. He is. Absolute beast. Yeah. So, okay, and let's let's move over to the Seagull side of the world. So, look, Morgan Harper is back in the 17 after missing a week for COVID, uh, which pushes, pushes Tolatau Kula to the reserves. So, that let me repeat that one. Tolatau Kula is in the reserves. Marty Tapao is out under COVID-19. So, uh, Tuafa... For Sipley retains his spot, and Josh Alloway picked up a shoulder injury. He must be fighting Paul Gallen soon. And Sean Kepi got a concussion as well, which means Taniella Paseka uh, moves into the starting side, and Kurt DeLewis, who I think we saw a little bit of last year, he comes onto the bench. So, guys, uh, Nick, mate, who are we thinking about for the Sharks and the Seagulls? Um, bit of a smoky here, Renato Molotalo at 576k. He cracked out a 69 this week and his break-even seven. So the last three weeks has been an absolute scorcher uh, compared to what uh, he's historically done. So he's, he's cracked out a 65, a 55, and a 69 against the Knights, the Tigers, and the Storm. So per game, he's over five tackle busts per game. He's averaging three line breaks per game, a try game, over 200 running metres. And he's only 4% ownership, so he's provi- proving to be a serious pod for those um, in a year where really wing fullbacks have be- really been letting us down. So centres have been performing quite well, but sort of your gun wing fullbacks mm-hmm. on the whole have been very inconsistent and, um, you know, just haven't really been, you know, giving us that value that we were hoping for. So Renata Mulatala is one to look at. I wouldn't have him as a buy uh, necessarily because he- he's sort of entering that um, prime pricing for him. And he's only historically, uh, he's never played, um, uh, sorry, on the wing. He hasn't really been hitting these types of averages. So I wouldn't buy him um, necessarily unless you're looking for a serious pod. Um, the other guy uh, this week, guys, Fozza, Kieran Foran, 421K. He cracked out a 64 this week, so he's got a low break even of 22. Just completely avoid him. He sort of averages low to mid 30s, so... He's not even worth uh, any more time than that. He got a two, I think, the week before. So, yeah, you cannot buy him. Yeah, just just don't. Uh, many other good halves to look at just for a little bit more cash, I think. He's also historically an injury magnet. Yeah, oh, 100%. Th- he's been mate. doing all right, the Seagulls. He played pretty much every yeah. game last year. Without, without getting too much into it, and I've spoken about it before, if you put a player in the right role, they tend to do pretty well injury-wise. And he's not doing... He's not drinking the whole milkshake, and that suits him just fine. Whereas at the Bulldogs and Parramatta, he was expected to do do it all, and his body just couldn't hack it. So anyway, let's roll on. Boys, I might take the next one. So I've got uh, COC for Talakai. 68 points, continues to rampage on the Sharks' left edge. One try, two try assists, one line break, three line break assists, eight tackle busts, and one offloads. Jesus. Boys... Did we get this one wrong? Yes. Uh, Emma being the only person in our fantasy league to pick him up. Um, he's an absolute yep. beast. First question, is it too late to get on him? 
And if it isn't, do either of you have any interest? Stu, you go. I'm just thinking about it. I'm literally looking him up now. Uh, I, th- okay. I, th- I, th- I, I gave you all the stats. No, 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 price. <laughs> you didn't give me the price. Give us the price, son. Okay, so <laughs> 559K. So, and he's going to get DPP edge uh, center. So 559K. Look, no, I don't... If you're taking him as a keeper, if you think that he he will push out decent stats for you, no. But you got to buy him as a keeper at five fifty nine k. Like you cannot be like you look at all the other centers. You could be on stags this week. Uh, pretty much. Uh, you can be on very close to Matt Burton money, etc. Uh, etc. Et so you got to buy him as a keeper. Now DPP is very good, and he's scoring better than anyone who's not named Ewan Aiken in that DPP role. So. I, it's it's not wrong to get him. You just got to understand he's not a cashy. Nick. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I I I've got no problem with that. Want anyone wanting to bring him in? There's obviously risk in that he's obviously on a tan now that is unsustainable um, in terms of attacking stats. And as teams, you know, they'll probably just end up rushing him so he doesn't get ahead of steam. I'd say um, as people sort of work him out a bit more, but. For now, um, yeah, I'm sure you're going to make some really good points, some some even more money. I, I, I wouldn't think he's a cash cow uh, still, but, you know, he's sort of like, <laughs> he's actually kind of reminding me of like David Fafita playing centre a little bit, actually, now I think about it. <laughs> um, does, does he does he play outside of, uh, he, he plays the He opposite, plays next to, um, yeah. Uh, next to Hines, am I correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so I think that's why he's getting because they know that Hines also has a good rainbow ball over the top to get it out wide. So that's probably why both of those players, Militalo, or is and, Moylan on the left edge? Moylan plays left. I don't is, know. Is, is Talakai left or right? Talakai's oh. left. Okay. In that case, well, Moylan's feeding him the good oil. There you go. Yeah, I think I think it's Moylan actually. Yeah. Moylan, yeah. Moylan's look good though. To be fair. Fair enough. As predicted. Yeah. I've got absolutely no no problem with someone bringing in Talakai. I suppose the biggest issue with Talakai is, I don't know about you guys, but I've got Burden. I've got Aitken. I've also got Lomax personally, but other people may have Jack Bird or, or um, I'm just trying to think of other sort of keeper centers. Targo, exactly. So there, there are other keeper center options there that people have looked at and, and probably locked into in terms of their planning. Um, James unless Roberts. you're sort of... If you're out on Matt Burton, I wouldn't be mad if you went to Talakai. If you like just said, look, Matty Burton, and we'll go through him later. Oh, we'll go through it later. But yeah, if you want to sell Burton, maybe Talakai is a good way to not waste any money potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it, but I, I do get your reasoning behind it. Yeah, what have you got, Stu? Mate, I've got, well, look, real quick one. DC uh, just mentioned me got 56, break even to 68. He's a whole guys. It's it shows you that even in games where he doesn't have to do that much, he's got a pretty good floor. But we're not seeing that massive rise in attacking stats that we expected with Turbo out. Uh, mainly just aren't quite in the same form that they were last year. So DC, I think he's exactly where you find him hold unless he starts falling off a cliff. Uh, I've got Talatau Kula, who's named at nineteen this week, um, priced at two thirty one k. Guys, I'm not saying he's a sell. If you just bought him in last week, I'm not sure he's a sell, but I, he's a worry for me. It looks like he'll just get 
a few runs this year to kind of bring him up to NRL standard, like in a couple of weeks in Reggie's. So, and just be bored in if there's a major issue. But like even with Turbo out, he's still not getting a starting run. So it's a bit of a concern for Cooler. I've also got Cam McInnes, who a lot of people have been speaking about. So he got 39 points on the weekend. He's got a 52-point break even, 593k. So you pick up Cam McInnes for under 600k this week, starting 13. So that is a big news, especially with a bench that has lost its only long-minute prop in Aiden Tolman to the starting bench, which means that you're running guys like Andrew Fafita and Royce Hunt on the bench. What a- what about um, uh, Finucane though, Stu? What are your worries about him coming back? Well, the question is, I guess at the moment, is it one of two things happen. Either Tolman stays at prop and McInnes moves back to the bench, Finucane goes back to 13, or Finucane moves to prop and McInnes moves there. So that's why for me, McInnes this week is a wait and see. 52 break even means is that unless he does a ponga like 100, you won't lose out too badly. So I wait see once Finucane comes back, whether they leave McInnes at 13. I'm hoping they do, and I'll hop on in next week. I've got to make sure I've got money free. Yeah, totally agree, mate. And on the other side, the ledger, Jake Travojevic. I've mentioned him a couple of weeks ago as someone who was on a downhill slide statistics-wise. He had a dry game because I know that mainly he's had a few wet games in a row. He had a very dry game. The other night, 36 points. Last three scores are under 40, which is very concerning for a guy who's pretty much his entire NRL fantasy relevance was that he was Mr. 50. So he is a hard sell, and he's probably uh, do not buy again for me this year. So everyone out of the Gerbo bandwagon. All right, guys, this game this week, who have we got going? I've got the Sharks up by six. Nick, Sharks by 14, mate. Sharks by 14, Mitch. Sharks by eight. Excellent. So we've all picked the Sharkies, which means mainly win by 27. So <laughs> off to the Friday night game. Now, there's only one Friday night game. And for a real shock, it's the Brisbane Broncos. So they're playing. Uh, so Friday night, prime time, we have 14th versus 16th in possibly the Wooden Spoon playoff. So <laughs> we have uh, Broncos versus Bulldogs up at Suncorp. Uh, this is the turd bowl, isn't it? Really? <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, to be fair, the Broncos were very good last week and the Bulldogs, they've both been better than their runs. But I do like the, I do like the phrase, mate. Anyway, look, big news this week. Uh, Teo Murray-Martin is going to play his first NRL game in three years after that nasty brain bleed incident that he had that forced him into early retirement at North Queensland. That's because Tessa New has been forced into injury, as mentioned by Mitch. Jake Turpin is either is out due to neck injury. They may also have been dropped, into, he's, but he's nowhere inside in the 24. Corey Pay is replacing him at Hooker. Other bad news, Billy Walters has moved from 5'8 to the bench, back to the bench, and will spend time at Hooker. Tyson Gamble is back in at number 6. Payne Haas returns to the starting team. Thomas Flegler returns to the bench. Eww. And Bulldogs team, really quickly. Uh, Braden Burns' injury means that Aaron Shoup comes back into the team. Corey Waddell returns uh, in a straight swap because 
Chris Patolo, who came off with that nasty friendly fire at HIE against uh, Josh Jackson last week. He is out and yeah, he probably spent a couple of weeks out because he got split open. So that is it for the Bulldogs. They're very close uh, to their starting team from last week. So Mitch, mate, this game, who, who are you looking at from a fantasy standpoint? Uh, look, I, I know you've got him, Nick, as well, so I'm happy to talk about him uh, sort of in tandem, but I got Matty Burton. That was easily his worst outing so far. Has lost roughly 230 kick metres since the first couple of rounds. Three missed tackles, one error, coupled with a struggling dogs outfit. They looked better with Flanagan uh, in attack. As a Burton holder, I've been nervous all year, uh, other than his 160-point game. Uh, Nick, are you currently feeling the heat at the moment? Because I know you're the other resident Maddie Burton holder. What are you thinking, mate? Because my, my uh, you know, radar on him is as up as it could be. I'm very, very nervous at the moment. Uh, mate, same analysis. Um, the only thing I'd add is, is that the goal kicking, whilst he didn't actually really kick any, um, because he was bloody missing them all, that, that sort of upside potential is gone. So that's really got me worried too. Um, I mean... I really don't know what to do because um, I just liked, you know, you know, this blue sky sort of valuation um, pre-season where we sort of said attacking stats, kicking, goal kicking, you know. Um, you add all those things plus, you know, 20, 15, 20 tackles game, just being a half couple of tackle. But anyway, we're sort of thinking in the 50s and it just hasn't produced um, like we were thinking. So, look, I wouldn't be mad if anyone ejected. Um I think I will hold, though, another week. Um, what, what are you thinking, Mitch? Are you going to hold or are you going to eject? I, there are too many other things I need to do with my team to sort it out. And I still think he's the best team in the best player in the Bulldogs by, by a ways, maybe other than TPJ, who I also have. And I think they're looking better with Flanagan. Uh, they had more points in them. I know it sounds silly that, you know, 16 points, that's not great. But they seem to have more points in them. They seem to appear more threatening. Their forward pack's giving them a lot of time. Um, I'm going to have to wait a week or two. The one thing I hate in fantasy, and look, I held Walters one week too long, but I hate trading him out for them to then bounce back. I got burned with both firm or early in mm. the year. I don't want to get burned by Matt Burton. Um hitting the NOS and, and turning into the player, we know he can. Probably the big thing that makes me nervous, and this is exactly what's upsetting you, is the kick meters are down and he's not kicking goals. So unless the Bulldogs start scoring points and he starts having tackle busts, the points aren't going to come. So it's really tricky. I think I'm going to be the same as you hold at least one more week because there's a couple other things I need to sort out. Fair enough. Mitch, Anything? anyone else for you? Uh, real brief, TPJ, 28 points in uh, his 80-minute outing. He sort of had uh, eight points worth of demerits. He's currently at a 62-point break-even. He's certainly not a player I'd be bringing in, but if you have him, you bought him as a keeper. He's a high-quality player. Uh, as long as he doesn't get suspended or uh, kicked out of the NRL for affiliation with bikey gangs, I think I would just continue to hold him. Uh, he's the second-best player on the Bulldogs, and as I sort of said, Burton and TBJ are easily the best player on the Bulldogs and would make pretty well any other 17 in the league. We got them for a reason, hang on to them. Uh, certainly TPJ for the foreseeable future and I think Matt Burton, we've all agreed, uh, one to two more weeks. Let's see how the Flanagan combination goes. Particularly against a Broncos outfit where if they're going to score points, it'll be this week. 
I think I think if they struggle this week, I have to pull the trigger. Fair enough. Yeah, dry, dry track, dry track in Brisbane, eh? So they definitely need to put some points on the board. Hundred percent. So although here in the weather outside my door, it might not be a dry track in Brisbane by the time that the weather makes its way north, mate. So yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it just suddenly came down here. Uh, look, uh, Nick. Speaking of potential keeper centres, who have you got? Uh, Katoni Stags, guys. 567k, so you sort of, you know, we're talking about a few guys sort of in this high 500s, low 600s sort of price bracket, so he scored a 69 this week with an 8 break even, so he's on an absolute tear um, against some of the best teams in the in the league, really, so he scored a 79 against the Roosters, and then last week the Panthers, 69 points, so a couple of really awesome weeks, he's absolutely uh, passed the ice test. It appeared that the Broncos and Reynolds are actually using him like perfectly at the moment. So they're getting him not too early, not too late kind of ball, but you know, just just enough time to catch the defense backtracking and he can just, you know, throw away whoever he wants, whether that's Isaac Targo or Paul Momorowski. So we can't continue obviously with like averaging mid mid seventies. Um, however, we're sort of thinking he'll average high forties uh, with this type of tackle busting form. Um, so I normally have him as a buy in this type of situation, but um, as Mitch has highlighted, particularly in our preseason pod, he's just he's coming back from so many significant uh, injuries, and he's got an injury history. So, um, as well as with uh, question marks over Turbo and Latrell, he actually could play Origin too. So whilst he he does seem quite prime as a keeper center, I would. I'd hold him if I have him, but I, I'd probably avoid him um, in terms of the options out there. I'd probably lean towards a Talakai or a Stags at the moment. Uh, Stu, what do, you, what do you think of that? Uh, I'm not sure that I'm in fully in love with either. They're good for different reasons. Stags has uh, a... He's got a very similar vein of form, but he's you know that he's not going to go anywhere. Like He's not going to get dropped and he's not going to get shuffled. Whereas Talakai could be in second row, he could be on the bench. So at some point, I like he's doing really well, but you you never know. I we haven't got a full read on Craig Fitzgibbon apart from the fact that he's a pretty good coach. So uh, I would um, I would probably pick Stags over Talakai, but again, it's a matter of judgment. It's not there's no clear winner, right? It's not super obvious to go, mate. You're an idiot if you don't get this guy. Mm, yeah, fair enough. What do you have, mate? Mate, obviously Billy Walters. Uh, yeah, it's a big issue. So I have now burnt to took out a bus this week. Yeah, <laughs> speaking about bus, I've now get about to burn another trade by selling him. Uh, we thought that he would get the seven, uh, the six jersey for the year, but we have not. Dad has gone, mate. You haven't played well enough. The big one, big news this week. T. Murray Martin has joined uh, NRL as of about five thirty this afternoon. Uh, 300k half slash wing fullback so which is an interesting combination uh can be an option but is an absolute gamble because we have not seen him so there's almost nothing to work off he's coming back off three injury mitch brain bleeds what like coming back from those mate how often do you see that sort of thing i can't believe he's coming back i've never seen it there you go so, and look, the only thing I will say... I, I'm is, nervous for him. I'm just reading that going, oh, man, dude, like, don't yeah. do it. 
Yeah, the, the only good news is that he's playing fullback, not in the front line. So, which means that he does less tackles, he's running less hard yards, and the danger for us for NRL fantasy means is that he may not be running those super hard yards like a Dylan Edwards would. Like, where but then th- that's going to affect his points potentially, exactly. right? Exactly. So that's that's where the danger comes in. Is that fantasy wise, but obviously on great personally for him, but bad fantasy wise. Uh, I would probably hold the week on Tamari Martin uh, just to wait to see how he plays. On the plus side, he would be he was an absolute stud when he played for the Panthers. He was one of those future guns. Went off to be a future gun at North Queensland and then got that injury. So hopefully we see the best of Tamari Martin and he just beats the odds. So look, that's it for me guys this week. And obviously Payne Haas who still is something like their 11th best scorer in fantasy this year, despite having a week off for shirt-fronting someone. Uh, he is back this week, so if you sold him, you're a nugget. Moving on. Uh, and Matt Dufty is still number one. There you go. So Matt Dufty owners, all three of you, good luck. Um, look at he actually, hang on, just pedal back quickly. He actually looked okay last week. Someone did. lit a fire under his ass. He actually played all right. That's it. Someone probably wasn't mean to him when he played basketball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, we. I'm not. I'm not going to say we love you, Matt Dufty. We we acknowledge <laughs> the fact that you play the NRL. So well done to you. Respect. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Just don't leave your car behind when you run away from a barbecue with personalized plates on the front. Whoops. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, who have we got winning this week? I've got the Broncos up by twelve with Payne Haas back. Nick, we're going Bulldogs by four. Is that because you want Burton to play well, or because you actually believe it? No, I think I think the Broncos have an awesome pack, and I think that's the only thing that the Broncos have. But I think the Bronco, the Bulldogs have a better pack. So yeah, I I I think it's a good point actually. But the Broncos were too good against Penrith. I can't I can't and and, and the the Bulldogs really struggled. So I've got a. I've got to pick Broncos by eight, but I'd love the Bulldogs to towel them because I've got three Bulldogs players. <laughs> I'm saying a close one by four, but yeah, that's uh, look. I reckon it'd be a good game to watch. Like as much as I, I, you know, said, oh, it's always the Broncos on Friday night. This will actually be a game worth watching. It's the turd bowl, as Nick said. <laughs> it is. But but you know what? It'll be a spicy turd bowl. There we go. I've made that analogy even worse for everyone. Thank you. <laughs> All right, moving on. Speaking of spicy, let's go to the uh, Queensland Cup, or as we call it, the Cowboys versus the Titans on Saturday, 5.30. So, guys, bit of a few news here. Hammerside Tabuai Fido is hanging around in the 21, coming back from that... Uh, sorry, in the 24, coming back from that knee injury, but he's not named at one. Scotty Drinkwater is still there. So... Uh, Hamaso could be back. Keep an eye out. Griffin Neem and Janine Tunor Brown return from concussion. So Griffin Neem uh, gets a bench spot, whereas I'm looking here, Jermaine Tunor Brown, he's playing at 18. The only thing I will say is that uh, Peyton, I I can't even believe the numbers on his back. I, I, can, I can see Drake Granville starting at one. I can see... You know, Tamalolo <laughs> starting on a wing. Like, he, he doesn't care what numbers are anymore. He just plays people wherever the hell he wants them. He's oh, going to have such a JK. Oh, man. He just plays games. So, but look, at the moment, Janine Tunor Brown is not playing. 
on the Titan side, Jaden Campbell is hiding at 24 at, from a return from his rib injuries. We got absolutely smashed. Um, and that could see Jermaine Asako make way uh, possibly out of the team or possibly they might drop Philip Sammy for him uh, because he is a great backup goal kicker. Apart from that, no other changes for the Titans who did okay last week. Yeah, uh, actually, I'm not even sure I want to say okay last week. They played an okay-ish game. So, all right, let's look at this week. Ruben Cotter, guys, I want to ask you guys a question. 616K. His last few games, he's been punching out some pretty good scores and the kind of scores that we hoped he would get from round one, except he got injured and didn't play, so we didn't get him. So he's played four games so far for a 56 a 51, a 52, and a 46. Is Ruben Cotter the real deal? Nick? I I don't see how you can say no. Bitch? I just get nervous with Todd Payton. Um, he, those, those scores speak for themselves, but I'm not bringing him in. I don't trust Todd Payton. He could play halfback next week. I don't know. That's true. Well, his minutes have been mucky, but his points per minute have not been too bad. So he's got 60 minutes... 56, 49, and 50. So it looks like with everyone fit, around 50 minutes is what he gets for around 50 points. So that actually, I do think I do think he's benefited from some injuries though, right? He has in some games, but yeah. So last week was one of the few where no one got busted during the game. And he got uh, 46 points in 50 minutes with a try, uh, try assist. The thing with Cotter is if you think he's going to average around 50, well... You know, at fourteen thousand points, that takes you up to seven hundred k. So he's already six sixteen. So there's not really much more runway to go. If you got him at five hundred k, you're laughing. Yeah. I think from now though, I, I probably wouldn't buy him to be honest. Easy. Also, I got uh, Hilam Luki. So he got sixty points last week. Finally, back to a starting uh, position with uh, Gilbert on the bench in that more middle role. So he played long minutes. He's got a 15 break even at 425k. So guys, look, again, with Peyton, you're not sure. But he did have a pretty good game, Hill and Lukey. So I would keep an eye out for him uh, and just hold if you got him. I wouldn't necessarily throw him in. And the last one for me, Toby Sexton. I'm glad I got off the, uh, you know, the sexy pain train because 33 points is pretty gross. So he's now lost you 29k. Guys, it is exit time until he learns how to play properly. So he's not going to get replaced. There is no one else outside of Will Smith who who can play half at the Titans. There's absolutely no one in their entire top 30. So he's safe, but he's also not quite NRL standard yet. So avoid. Uh, Got to listen to the eye test from Nick, huh? The Nick's eye test never fails, man. We all called that Sexton didn't look the goods, and fantasy points reflect it. That's it. That's it. Speaking of eye test, Nick, who have you got, mate? Mate, Big Tino, Fasil Maali, 634K. He scored 54 this week, 47 break-even, so he scored an awesome try, uh, which I which I did see. Spoke about him a couple of weeks ago too. Um, but his minutes have dropped off a little bit, so when I sort of recommended him a couple of weeks ago, um, he was averaging around 60-ish minutes, and I thought he was sort of locked into that role. 
Now he's dropped back down uh, ever since then to about low 50s. Uh, so that's got me a bit worried. So I, I, I would totally avoid him now. Um, he's definitely not someone you'd want to bring in. Uh, the other one, guys, Val Holmes. So 564K, he scored another awesome score, 58. He's got a low break even of 28. Um, he's getting into serious trappy territory here to me because um, he's just tallying up lousy teams. So he scored 74 against the Broncos. Yes, the Broncos are lousy in round three. 57 versus the Warriors in round five. And then 58 versus the Raiders in round six. So he's, he's extremely hot and cold because he scored a 13 against the Bulldogs in round one and a 14 against the Roosters in round four. So he's a trap. I wouldn't burn your trades on him. Um, I keep saying we keep mentioning guys around this high 500s in this sort of center sort of position. I just think there are better options out there that you can look at and just I wouldn't touch Val Holmes with a 10-foot pole at this stage. Fair enough. Mitch, have you got any Cowboys that uh, you possibly would touch with a 10-foot pole? None, none that I, I'm not, none that I'm not already touching, which would be uh, Jeremiah and I. Look, guys, um, phrase it differently. He, he's, um, he's. I'm not phrased that differently. He's uh, got 37 points last week, 36 break even. He's at 497k. He seems to be just a demerit magnet. Uh, so 10 points in demerits. We sort of spoke about it last week. I see him as a mid 40s. Uh, style player, so there's still a bit of cash to be had, and that's quite obvious in those demerits. He made Nick Sheesh stats with four penalties. He's a hold for now. I still think we can eke a bit of cash out of him, mm -hmm. and there are just other players and things to fix. Final one is Jason Taumalolo, who I want to ask if any of you would like to touch with the 10-foot pole. Yes. 62 points in 71 minutes. Most point minutes played this year, 29 tackles, Five tackle busts, one offload, and 255 metres gain. That's vintage Chamalolo. I asked it last week, and now I'm going to ask it again. Nick, is there any interest as Lolo in Lolo as a cut price keeper? Mate, I don't even think he's cut price. I think he's fair value for what he is. Um, his minutes are about the same, but his PPM, he's not a 1.0 PPM guy anymore. And that doesn't get me excited because he's down to like 0.8 or something like that. Yeah, he has the odd good game. Um, I still think the Cowboys are stinky. Um, personally, I'm I'm not buying anything they're oh, selling. No. Despite they're, they're, they're still stinky. You can keep going. They're they're, we're, we're def they're definitely up there on stink watch. Well, they're seventh, but they're 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 stinky. I I suspect they'll start dropping ranks soon. Maybe not this week, but soon. Anyway, no, I don't want to touch them. Stu, I'm interested. Jason Tamalolo, I reckon is at look 62 points. He seems to have rediscovered some of the form that uh, that got him started as a um, as a fantasy keeper for a number of years, and he scored good fantasy points even in bad years. So it's only in really 2020, 2021 with Valandi's ball that he started to drop away, and I think that the uh, Peyton has finally worked out that uh, Jason Tamalolo may be more popular than he is, so he's got a plan. <laughs> So I think they've worked that one out and that keeping Jason happy means feeding Jason lots of balls. So <laughs> giving him lots of time to play in the footy field. So yeah, I, I would, I'm interested in Jason Tamalolo. The issue is, is that there's a lot of guys around that price point this week. Angus Crichton, Cam McInnes, even, uh, oh, fr from the, I can't even think of him, the cheese right now, Brandon Smith. 
so are all cheaper than him. So I, but if you want to buy him this week, it's not a bad choice. You will, uh, you'll grow an upper number of ranks if he does well. Because middles have been ugly this year. There's just not been like outside of Payne Haas and Max King. Who else has been consistent every week? Cam Murray. It- Mate, I'm thinking about last year. I'm not sure if you remember, Stu, but I remember I pulled, I had this huge war chest of money and I brought in Talmalila and I think Payne Haas too early. And um, you lost all your money. Well, they, they didn't perform like I thought they would. I And I pulled that trigger too early. Um, I, I really think you when you time the purchase of your keepers like a Talmalolo, you've got to be 100% sure that you're buying it at the right price. Or you're going to get locked later on when you do want to make some other trades post-origin. So if you do bring him in, just be really certain that he's at like the best price you can get about, I reckon. That's all, I, that's all I'd say. Yeah, fair enough. Well, in that case, the best price was probably about two weeks ago. But yeah, I do get your point. <laughs> fair enough. All right, guys. So this game here, uh, we have so the Queensland Cup. Uh, apparently, it's 7 versus 10. Uh Cowboys marginal favourites. So look, I've got the Cowboys plus eight simply due to the fact that the Titans they look lost. They look like they can play for forty minutes, and then they just they don't know how to close out a game. They don't know how to start a game. They just know how to chase points. So that's why I've got the Cowboys up. Uh, Nick, what have you got? Oh, this is a stinky draw, guys. Stinky draw, Mitch. What have you got? Oh, man, I just put in draw because in this game nobody's a winner. The Titans aren't winners. The Cowboys aren't winners. The viewers aren't winners. There is no winner in this game. Okay, so, so it sounds like the winners may be the people at home. The answer is go and book your dinner out this week at five thirty. <laughs> go and get the early seating so that you don't need to watch it. Have a nice steak dinner with your family, and then go home and watch and the watch... late game because the late game is the mighty West Tigers. Mate, from take your wife, take your spouse on a date. That's what I reckon. Do something else that's not footy related that could earn you some brownie points, like Stu saying. Yeah, actually, probably for the second game too, because two sides that I'm not oh, not a huge fan of either, which is the West Tigers and the Rabbitohs. They're playing the game after. Mate, this Super Saturday is pretty trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty much uh, it's date night Saturday this week, so which is good to know. So look, Tigers team this week. Same 17. Uh, Jape Sinkham named despite that uh, lateral ankle injury that he got. Uh, Jake a little sitting in reserve in case there's a problem. For the Rabbitohs team, Davy Moali is back in the 17 uh, on the bench. Tass is back in the reserves. Tom Burgess in the bench. Hame Sally is to start. Uh, that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, look, I might just really quickly start us off. Davy Moali, guys. Uh, it looks like uh, Jason Dimitri is just blooding David Moali this year. He's not giving week in, week out. It's like giving like a week on and then a couple of weeks off in Reggie's. Like he's preparing him so that if someone else gets injured uh, in addition to Mark Nichols, he can step up. But until then, he's keeping him nice and fresh. So David Moali is, for me, a pretty hard no-go zone. Uh, and obviously, if he bought in Isaiah Tass... You know, I've got a bridge to sell you, you know, to Tasmania. So come and see me, mate. I'll give you a great deal. Apart from that, uh, Mitch, what have you got, mate? I uh, just got a couple here real quick. We've talked about him enough, so just bringing up. Kelma Tuilagi, 45 points, nine break even. He's at 397K. 
He does look the goods. He's a hold if you've got him. Probably a little bit late now if you don't. Uh, I certainly will be keeping him. Uh, from South Sydney, we've got Blake Taff. 36 points, uh, slightly above what we had predicted, though a little underwhelming given the degree of South Sydney's win. He had one try save, six goals, one line break assist, only 92 metres gained. Um, I would like to see that final number go up before I get Blake. That's just not enough numbers at the uh, meters gained at the back. I, I'd want at least double that. That's, and that's I... genuinely terrible. Like six goals and one try save is tw- 17 points. So he got only 19 points in base stats. Yeah, it's it's not good. Uh, it's sort of the anti Dylan Edwards where he was generating sort of, you know, a different period. It's 300 meters gained again. So... I think as a recommendation, I could not recommend you until I see an improvement there because South Sydney sort of, I thought, took care of business uh, on Friday night. Easy. who have you got? Yeah, Nick, talk to us about all the Tigers, mate. Mate, all those Tigers, bloody hell. Uh, No thanks. Uh, They're all irrelevant. So um, Damien Cook, guys, 875K. He cracked out an awesome 82 He's got a 45 break even. As we mentioned earlier, the three tries, two line break assists. So without those, he would have cracked a 50, which is still solid. Um, not much tackling. I think he only made 34 tackles off the top of my head. Definitely a hold. He's a stud. Hold. I can't recommend him as a buy because um, he's that bloody expensive. And we've got other hookers, which are a bit cheaper, that are absolute must-buys, I reckon. So congrats to those who have Damien Cook and captain him this week. Yeah. Well, I guess he'd only scored 21 tries in his career prior to the game that just oh, really? came wow. past 100%. And so he he added like, you know, 15% to his overall try tally in one game. So yeah. he, he He's definitely the Damien Cook of old, you know, with no Wayne Bennett. And he's had the shackles sort of, you know, released and he's sort of looking like himself again. He's not just a whip it out kind of hooker anymore. He's really threatening the run game again, which is awesome to say. Yeah, actually, that was really interesting. I thought I'd bring that up, that essentially the uh, Rabbitohs, they've entirely changed the structure of their game. They used to be get it out wide, like get it moving a couple of games uh, with the forwards, and then once over the advantage line, they really got it out wide early, whereas now they're just playing straight down the middle. Sort of uh, spit a second phase play, nothing out the back for the attacking players. And you look at it and you look who's scoring on that team. Cam Murray, Damian Cook. Mm-hmm. And some they forwards, you. The, yep. the edge forwards, Jair Kalomatangi. It doesn't get wide. Doesn't need to. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, the only good sides that come up against this year, they got towed up. So, but yeah, they're good enough to beat most of the rest. Who's there to pass to out wide though? Like it's pretty slim pickings in terms of centers and wingers for him. So That's true. Alex Johnson. Alex Johnson can cross the line. That's probably he's, a, he's a finisher, though. He's not a give the ball, no. make something happen, you know. And um, yeah, ain't no Talakai, that's for sure. No. <laughs> Campbell Graham's good, but yeah, I do get your point. There's only two out of the four. Um, look, Lock and Ilias, guys. Uh, he's he's almost close to eject time. He's not quite. I think people will hold the faith, but he's. Well, you've got to have a really good look at him. Uh, Who are you ejecting him for, though? I know. Uh, Billy Walters again? <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll Tomorrow sell him my time again. Yeah, or mate, you know, maybe, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, Darren Lockyer if he starts playing again. It, it, it's kind of getting to the point where, like, Lock and Elias, he's had a 
couple of promising games, but he's just fantasy-wise. I think the Cleary nerf really just hurts guys who are just base stat players only. And Lachlan Elias, unfortunately, looks like he's just outside the rare game. Looks like he's more likely a 20 than a 40 or a 50, unfortunately. I, I reckon he could crack 400k. I think he can do it. I think it'll take some time, and until there's something better to trade to, you'd be silly to eject just yet. 100%. We need... But, but I just remember the Lachlan Elias when I mentioned once I get to the Raiders game. So I wouldn't do Tartarine Martin this week, but just... just I, I wouldn't do him, period, but anyway. Anyway, m- moving on. So it's a Lachlan Elias. Uh, eight points in demerits as well. Uh, he's certainly not a Sam Walker from last year where he just came out. No, great bust, call. Yeah, great call. Yeah. Away. And look, David Nofaluma, guys, uh, he's a guy who was a 700k player back in 2020. 2021 went back into a shell. Finally, the Tigers found some points. He got 61 points. He's the best outside back on that team by about, I don't know, whatever two country miles equals. Probably about a thousand city miles, according to them. And uh, he got, uh, yeah, he's, four, he's only 424k, which for wing fullbacks at the moment, you know, guys who can score. Are any of you got any interest in David Nofaluma either this week or if he backs it up next week? No, mate. I don't trust the Tigers, but I did think he looked a lot better. He did. Yeah, he, he was getting some good ball from Jackson Hastings at the side and Luke Brooks coming across too. So Jackson, that Jackson Hastings kick was pretty good. So, and and the uh, I think he got a pretty good escape from in goal from, I watched from the highlight reel too. So, Nofaluma. Anyway, guys, who have we got winning this week? Nick, what have you got? Um, Bunnies by 40. Yeah, it's pretty fair. Mitch, what have you got, mate? Bunnies-Tigers is often a weird game. We've seen weird results after the last 10 years. Uh, I remember both sides being at the bottom of the ladder and beating the other one. I got Tigers by 10. I, I don't think the Bunnies are as good as people think. I don't think the Tigers are good, but I, I could. I would not be shocked at all if they pulled this one off. Yep, and look, I was going to do the uh, Tigers by 40, but, you know, just off the back of the big victory. But, you know, really, realistically, it'd probably be the Bunnies by 16. I think they just got a bit too much class. But you're right, Mitch, it could go the other way. All right, let's move to Sunday. So we get back to 2 p.m. games, guys. So we've got 2 p.m. Uh, out at McDonald Jones uh, for the Knights versus the Eels, both coming off losses. Uh, so on the Knights side of the field, Adam Clune is back. Phoenix Crossland back to the bench. Simi uh, Sasagi is to reserves. Heimel Hunt, who we did mention the other day, I think in passing, is back in the 24 somewhere. So is there a chance of coming back possibly on a wing? Uh, which is bad news if you're a Edric Lee owner. Uh, Daniel Saifidi is named to start, but could be a swap late like he was last week. Uh, again, I think uh, the coach of the Knights is another guy who likes to play a bit of games. Uh, Eels this week. Junior Polo is back from his, suspens- his suspension of tackling too hard. Oregon Kafusi back to bench. Uh, Marata Niakore is out. Now, Will Penasini is back to the centres, and Hayes uh, Perham is on the wing. Uh, Regal Ken McKillard, he's named despite that ankle injury. And Mitch Rain is out with Jacob Arthur, the coach's son, is joining the bench. Um, and yeah, interesting news. Will Penasini, I'll start with him. 
He showed he can score points in the wing. He got a 55 this week. He's up to 444k. For anyone who's held him, you know, they might have started off with him instead of Targo. They're finally getting some points when he was on the wing, and they've moved him back to centre. How would you guys feel about that? Pretty brutal, man. Yeah, Not pretty, good. It's pretty rude. Look, he's he's a hold for this week for owners because he will still keep on going up in value. He hit 14 break even. He should absolutely smash that this week. He'll reach 500k. So at that point, you need to want an exit plan for Will Penasini, possibly Isaac Targo, which is who you should have got in the first place. Um, the other one I got, guys, I wanted to mention, Dave Clement got 71 points last week. What? That's right. 32 break even, 629k. So, uh, yeah, I know that we're talking about Angus Crichton this week. We're talking about Cam McInnes this week. We talked about Cheese this week. but Or at least we've mentioned them as forwards we could buy. Now, Dave Clemmer is more expensive than those guys. A little bit more expensive than Angus Crichton. But on the plus side, he doesn't play Origin. He has a lock on his starting spot. And... Yeah, he's pretty much going to be starting the rest of this year, no matter what. So, is there any interest in David Clemmer out there now? He's shown that like he he's back to cranky mode, which is where he does his best work is when he's pissed off. I've just had a look, Stuart. Seventy one, did you say? Yeah, is that was score. That was his highest score since round sixteen, twenty eighteen. It from is what I can see. So that's a real throwback type of performance. I don't know. Wow. Okay. So that that's what I mean. So, you know, I wouldn't say bring him in this week because you never buy a guy off, you know, a single performance. Particularly but, against one of the most lethargic packs in the league. <laughs> but look, t- just ha- having a look at that game, it wasn't even full of attacking stats, guys. Like, you know, we're having a look here. He, it's his first game properly back this year that he hasn't been injured, right? He got one line break for four points. He made 44 tackles. Three tackle breaks, one offload, right? The rest of Yeah, a lot, lot of base. Yeah, running meters and tackles. The Dragons do play a lot through the middle, though. They do. And so do the Eels and other guys. I guess just saying, guys, maybe keep an eye out for David Clemmer. If he is back, he's underpriced. You, you would really I have agreed. To. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Mitch, who have you got there, mate? Uh, I've got the obvious one, guys. Caelan Ponga, 102 points. We called it last week. We knew it was coming, though we were, I suppose, a week late. Always better to be on the curve as it trends up, though, particularly in fantasy. If you're going to get him, now would be the time. Mm-hmm. However, a word of caution, guys, before we jump in. Ponga, Ponga carved up a St. George pack that has struggled against the quick ball. Players moving in and around the ruck. He had one try save, one meat pie, one try assist, one line break, 10 tackle breaks, seven offloads. This is unsustainable to say the least. I have him as a mid 50 point player per week on average. He seems to be overcoming his injury woes and definitely passed my eye test. Wasn't the straight Crichton swap that we hoped. Um, either of you interested, given that Origin is looming and he really probably played the best side he could have for his style of footy? I've got interest simply due to the fact that wing fullback has been a trash fire this year. So he could easily go back to 20 points this week, though, particularly against oh, Neil's team if, that can handle him. But but anyone could go back to 20 points this week. This is the thing. Gutho has been back to 20 points. We've had uh, mid-20s for Dylan Edwards. Uh, we've had 18 for Paps, right? 
wing fullback this year has been the most affected by the changes to the game has been going. So they've been yo-yoing significantly about how all that goes. Like Kalen Ponga's 102 would have been about, what, 120 last year? With yep, those numbers? That's it, man. Yeah. Yep. So, so which is absolute filth. So he had an excellent... Oh, actually, it's probably about 100 because you take away... You add 10 for the tackle bus, but then you sort of lose points for the offloads because most of them no. went to hand from what... So it sort of comes down to the wash, but oh, yeah, so I know so what you're saying. Wash. Okay, so, but like... Uh, generally, generally, you're up. quite right. Winger fullbacks don't have seven offloads again. Yeah. That's no. unusual. It, and that's the thing. So, so it's up and down this year. So you want to find guys who you at least have that upside. So for every 18, at least you know that they can crack a century. So, or you get guys like Dylan Edwards who've got their base meteorage so that their worst games are 30s. So I I would say that, yes, I've got some interest in Ponga. It's just about, is he the best opportunity this week? I reckon he's a pretty good one though. Uh, because I don't, I'm not sure that you'll catch him much cheaper than this unless you bought him last week at 519. Nick? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, no no issues if you want to bring him in this week at all. And uh, yeah, if you want to sell Crichton, go for it. Easy. All right, uh, Nick. Oh, wait, no, Mitch. You got one other fella. Who have you got? I've got Isaiah Papali. Now, he's a bloke that you were on uh, the whole year, Stu. 62 points, 63 break even. 839k fifth overall point scorer look if you've got him obviously you'll keep him but he looks almost priced out to me i don't know if i'd be bringing him in at this point uh certainly a good consideration uh as a captain option though if you're uh having trouble finding anyone or getting cleary into your team excellent all right nick who have you got mate man uh, one of our uh, mainstay 600k so I think he started 472, so that's a nice price rise already, 128K already. He scored 39, which is a bit down for him. His break-even is 45, so don't overthink it, guys. His minutes were slightly down uh, to 56. Just hold him. My other guy, Dylan Brown, 767K, um, 49, fantasy point, 62 break-even, whatever, whatever. Guys, he's definitely not Cleary or DC. Okay, he's, he's nowhere near that echelon. He's coming back down to earth. He made a nice line break, actually, with incredible footwork, actually, mm. at the line. So he's, But he doesn't quite have the same upside as uh, Cleary DCE. So based upon Dylan Brown's uh, current price cycle, I would consider, if you don't have either of those guys, forcing your way to get there, if you know what I mean. So, um, I mean, otherwise, you, you, if you already have one of those guys, you probably have to hold. But I, I've sort of say trade up. Fair enough. All right, guys, looking at this game this week, who have we got winning here? Mitch, what have you got? I thought the Knights struggled to deal with a pretty ordinary Dragons pack and Eels are now stiffened up with the turn of Junior Polo. They'll win by 24. They're going to towel them big time. Easy. Nick? Eels by 14. Yep, and I've got them by 18 too. So we're all on the Eels train here, which is worrying for me because I own more Knights than any other team. <laughs> and if I bring him I'm going to have five I'm pretty oh sure oh my gosh well, I'm, I'm mate six. well I'm going to have Randall Brody Jones Leo Thompson Kurt Mann right and then I'll have Ponga so that's a concern for me that's the other thing guys if you got all mm. your eggs in the one team basket and that basket happens to be pretty bad you're in trouble like obviously if you had the entire Panthers team you'd be happy but yeah 
anyway, moving on. Speaking of the Panthers, the uh, afternoon game, 4 p.m. out at Panthers, uh, we have the Panthers versus uh, the Raiders. So guys, same 17 for the Panthers and a bit of change for the Knights. Nick, what are we looking at the Knights here? Mate, uh, give me one. No, we've already done the Knights, mate. So, sorry, not the Knights, the Raiders. The Raiders. Mate. Oh, I've had an yes. absolute <laughs> So, So there's been a huge reshuffle here, actually. Jordan Rapana's come into fullback for Charles to Clockstad, who's gone to the bench, which is an odd move. So Xavier Savage, who I believe was in the 14 jersey last week, mm-hmm. has come onto the wing. Harry Rushton is going to debut off the bench. Emre Guller and is in the reserves. I believe he's been dropped. Jared Croker's as well as in the, in the reserves. My boy Hudson Young, he's in the 18th men jersey. I believe he suffered an injury, which is why he was out last week. Um, no, but he, he played was Reggie's. he played reserve grade. I know he was. So he actually played. I know his name there. What did he play? He played. Oh bloody hell! Okay, so Hudson Young's in the bad books, despite being an absolute fantasy stud. And Seb Chris, he's dropped out uh, completely. I believe uh, Seb Chris is actually playing fullback in uh, Reggie's as well. So. Mm. That's an interesting one. We were sort of looking at who's going to play fullback going forward as another option. But, um, yeah, Sticky's a cranky guy, guys. He's very cranky this week. And they have not been playing well. Nah. Oh, they've been trash. All right. So, Nick, lead us away, mate. What's happening in the world of fantasy for these two teams? Well, I'll start with the Raiders. The only trash, uh, non-trash Raider at the moment, Tom Starling, 584K. He's cracked out of 56 this week with a oi, try. Oi. His break game is 26. Bring him in. He's keeper. He made 50 tackles. Unfortunately, he missed it, Missed six tackles. Uh, he's a stud. 80-minute hooker. Probably the only bloke that Ricky isn't pissed off with at the moment. Mm. I've got him as a must-buy this week. Just He's, he's the only um, must that I have this week, uh, except for the, my next guy, actually. So I've got two musts, actually, now. <laughs> Nathan Cleary, 982K, 93 fantasy points, 78 break even. He's the other absolute must buy this week. So if you have two guys that you got to get into your team this week, Tom Starling, Nathan Cleary. I don't know how you bring in. Uh, 1.56 million. That's, yeah. that's a serious war chest there. But to Nick's point, Nathan Cleary, talk about people who pass the eye test. Just every week he's added another layer. So in week one, we saw the kick meters. Week two, we saw the tackling. Week three, we're seeing the tackle busting and try assists. The only thing we haven't seen yet is the meat pie. Um, he he he's absolutely back. Yeah, he he looks a gear above what he was last year. Uh, he would have cracked a hundred last game had uh, he not had that that nerf in place. So I I think Cleary's probably even over um even over Tom Starling at the moment because. The Panthers just played so darn good, and they're, they're as healthy as they can be, maybe with the exception of uh, no Ben Toto. I think my main point with Starling is that uh, 584k, also going to invade in 700k plus. So, yep. If you make it, if you make a trade from like a Nanai to a Starling or something like that, you know, or Burton to Starling, I reckon that's you know a set and forget trade. However, to bring in Cleary, if you got Cleary cash. I know other people have actually spent that cash elsewhere, so um, they may be sort of, you know, wondering how the hell they'll bring in Cleary without, you know, doing the uh, cardinal sin of trading keepers, guys. So, like you um, guys did two weeks ago. But moving on, I guess now it's what, what keeper did I trade? Hang on, 
I traded Haas for Cleary. Cleary's yeah. an upgrade. In- <laughs> And what keeper did I trade? Oh, I traded the best forward. <laughs> yeah, but for Nathan Cleary, uh, the, the greatest still, fantasy mate. player of all time. No, that's fine, but I'm just saying oh, that the speed of that hilarious. reversal, mate, would have made the French army look twice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all good. They didn't reverse. They just put up the white flag. I'm not putting up no flag. Oh, I'm enough. telling you, Nathan right. Cleary is the ultimate keeper. Fair he, he's, a, he's in a tier above. Okay, so Mitch is telling everyone to sell Payne Haas this week for Nathan Cleary. Gotcha. Yeah, do you know what? I would. If you had to choose, 100% I would. Fair enough. All right. I traded uh, Jai Arrow for Cleary. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's the best trade that I've heard this year. So, Mick, that's what That's the sort of trade that you'd like to do. Oh, mate, someone hit me up in the DMs this week going, should I trade Davi Mowali to Nathan Cleary? I'm like, one, how do you have like a million dollars in the bank? And two, why are you even asking this? Because it's like the easiest answer ever. Yes, there's like a 90 point difference between these two. He's got some like DoorDash cheat code or some shit or something. <laughs> how does you have a million dollars in the bank? I That's know, what I'm mate. trying to work out. I, I, guess, I guess you must just sell guys and never buy new ones. Did he sell Turbo to Davey Moali or something? Oh, that's what it would be. Something like that. All good. Nick, who else have you got from the Panthers for us, mate? Last one off the rank. This is a tricky one, guys. Isaac Targo, 567K. Only a 32 this week, guys. So his break even's up to 50. So the name of the game is to keep or to sell. So you could argue the Panthers have had an easier size to beat up on in the Dragons. The Barnett, less uh, Knights, which we all remember. The Bulldogs and the Broncos. He passed the eye test earlier, but he's clearly not in the same class as Katoni Staggs. We saw Staggs just like rampage over him, where he trucked him, stepped him, and just essentially wrecked him. Um, I think he's still a hold. I don't think he should necessarily panic and sell, uh, but I wouldn't be mad if he did sell um, to just get out and you know find something else. Uh, we mentioned so many guys around this price bracket today. If you yeah, could swing a target just, uh, to a starling... Ha, ha, yes. Oh, look, that, that's a fair trade. But if you need a center, I'm not sure that there's too many guys who are guaranteed locks away at center if you have you and Aiken. Who's your yeah. other center? Oh, uh, for me personally, I've got Lomax and I've got Maddie Burden as sort of my other centers I'm thinking about for my final team. But I, know, I have if to you... say, Lomax has been a good pickup for you, mate. He's played ordinary and has scored really well in fantasy. Like yeah, he, has, we... he has quite a few more gears to go if he wants to. We'll crack, we'll crack on to him later. But, um, yeah, so Targo, I think he's just a hold. Just wait one more week. Um, mm. The in the Raiders, there's every likelihood he could score a 60. So, you know, if it, was, if it was a tough game, I'd probably be a bit more worried. But against the Raiders, I think that left edge is going to go really well. That's true. Well, look, having speaking about uh, centers that we might need to sell, Mitch, who have you got? Uh, look, I've got Stephen Crichton. He's 29 points, break even 49. He's at 507k and is predicted to lose about another 10k in value, I believe. I was just looking at it. It's a really tricky one. Um, if you have the cash and you can upgrade to Ponga, it probably still is a bit of a no-brainer. I'm sort of grappling with it now. I'm just looking at it now. It's 12k potential lost if he hits his round 7 projection of 38. Look, they're playing the Raiders. If you really wanted to stretch it, I think that Penrith will give the Raiders a pretty bad day. So... I think I'm going to hold because I'm really looking to probably get Crichton back into my team. And I just think sort of this year has been such a tricky year at winger fullback. Mm. I, I've got Crichton there. I could trade out Ponger and he could he could drop a deuce of 10, particularly playing the Parramatta Eels. So 
he's on a good team. He's going to score tries. He's going to get line breaks. Uh, Nick made this point, and I think it's a really good point. He's going to get the kicking duties back over Origin. I'm very tempted to just cop whatever losses I am and look to maybe get him out post-Origin because there are just... I'm really intent on getting forwards, and I think forwards, second rowers, and hookers are where it's at this year, and probably to a lesser degree, the halves, um, particularly, I suppose, Nathan Cleary. I'm just nervous chasing the dragon with winger fullbacks and centers. I think you'll get burned if you do it, so I personally am not going to sell. Yeah, nah, fair enough. I, I must say I'm leaning not towards sell this week, uh, simply due to the fact that, yes, having a having him as somewhere on your bench or in your emergencies or looped in, like he's the perfect looping target uh, one way or the other, Steve Crichton. So I think uh, I think he's probably hold Nick. Have you got him? I guess not. All right. You guys still there? I'm here. I'm here. Excellent. The Knicks must have disappeared. Uh, all good. Look, uh, we have uh, Charles Nickel Clockstats. Uh, guys, he's moved to 14 this week. He is a hard sell if you own him. He will drop money like a stone. Uh, guys, we also have uh, Xavier Savage. He's playing wing, not fullback this week. He did not have a great game last week. I can understand that uh, Like Ricky could put him in this week and then could pull him again. He's got a break even to 38-8. He's not a buy this week. Uh, Harry Rushton he's one of the guys I wanted to talk to you guys about this week because he to me seems absolutely enormous uh, so Harry Rushton is young fella he's been playing for uh, in reserve grades uh, for the Raiders and he's been averaging 59.6 Mitch wow yeah, it's pretty big. So 59.6, which is absolutely enormous. Uh, so as far as it goes, he is one of those guys who I think will get blooded. Um, he's a little bit of a risk if you bring him because obviously you know that Sticky is uh, very cranky. So, but And so he's just throwing some guys about there. But it looks like this guy could be the long-term number 13 because Ryan's... It looks like the Elliot Whitehead at 13... Uh, experiment is done and dusted for the time being. Elliot Whitehead is back to second row. And Ryan Sutton, he is off to the Bulldogs next year and his wife can't shut up about the coach's decisions. So I'm not <laughs> sure how long. <laughs> yeah, she can't. She just posted on social media. Uh, spent the first did she games. do it again? No, nah, well, she did it at the beginning of the season, right? And he spent the yeah. first four weeks not playing, right? for some reason or other. And then he signs for the Bulldogs. He doesn't play again. And he just gets bought in due to some injuries. So Harry Rushton, guys, I would probably wait maybe a week just to see where we're going with him. But put a big star next to this guy because he has a big future. Like, guys, past performance is an indicator of future performance. And and Harry Rushton's performance in reserve grade at 60 looks pretty special so uh, i tell you what i'm tempted to roll the dice on him just early just because i need something to ignite my team and i think he's a real star the only issue i have is the raiders are about to get towed up by penrith and coaches on losing sides in the morning game i want to make changes early so yeah well fortunately he's on the bench so he'll probably get born on at some point, but yes, he could get 17 minutes. You never know. 
So that's what yeah. I'm saying. I'd wait a they, week, make I'm sure he makes the 17 yeah. again. But he looks like one of those guys who's got that special talent. He won't need to spend six years in reserve grades before getting his shot because of someone else's injuries. He's breaking his own way in just by sheer talent. Okay, so Nick, you back with us, mate? Yeah, mate. Sorry, uh, just my sound popped out. Nah, all good, mate. I just, uh, the dead air that we have on the podcast, the people at home, you know, they'll be listening. <laughs> waiting, was, it was it good? <laughs> yeah, it was probably the best question of the night. Yeah, mate. But we wanted to know if you still had Stephen Crichton or if you were going to keep him. Nah, I flogged him for uh, uh, Starling last week. Best trade I've ever done. That Fair is enough. a good trade. Should have got him five weeks ago, but that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> like, like we did, mate. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. You're on the train now. All right, so guys, I think we are the Panthers winning this game. Mitch, what, what's the margin? 18. Nick? 20. And I had 20 as well. So, look, I don't know how the Panthers are going to lose unless they, they beat themselves, I'll be honest with you, this year. The bus might crash halfway to Canberra and they might not show up. That's the only way I could see it happening. That's the, it. It's um, been played the Pan- at Panthers, mate. It's- <laughs> oh, well, then fight. <laughs> <laughs> they could get caught on the M5, I guess, if they take the wrong turn off. <laughs> no, 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 no. They go down to Canberra and realise it was a home game. That's how they lose. <laughs> Mate, I'll be honest with you. I reckon their Reggie side would probably give the Raiders a good run at the moment. So, anyway, because they keep on winning too. All right, let's move to the Monday game, the 4 p.m. game. So uh, we have the Dragons versus the Roosters in the annual Give the Roosters a Shield Cup. So we have on the Dragons side, Anthony Griffin has made how many changes, Mitch? He has made none. Excellent. He's made Zippo. But, you know, he, he got a, he got, he got a W, so <laughs> why would you? That's true. You know, that was the best rendition of the Dragon side I've seen. Uh, do you know what? I would say one thing real quick without making it a Dragons podcast. I cannot understand how you would not play Josh Maguire in starting lock after seeing the difference he made to that pack when he came on last week. Jack DeBellin was not even half of what Maguire was. I'd be playing DeBellin either in the forwards or off the bench. Josh Maguire needs to be in that starting squad. But as you said, Stu Maguire and Burgess and Kerr stiffened that pack up. They actually were able to sort of compete with a Knights pack that was pretty good. And I think we'll give the Roosters pack all they can handle. That's Leaning true. into this being a Dragons pod, uh, there was an article that's just come out uh, with Jack DeBellin saying he struggled to keep up with the pace because when he um, went on his sabbatical uh, for legal reasons, we cannot uh, disclose, He um, it was before the six again rule. So he's just come out and said, look, I have not, uh, adapted to the six again rule and uh, the the pace of the game it's it's hard to keep up with so there you go as Josh Maguire doesn't struggle with that he, he's an absolute machine that's true yep. he's, no, that's he, what happens he's, when you sit in court all day I suppose <laughs> <Oy>. <laughs> that's it alright uh, yeah so NRL players uh, stay home with your family this weekend thank you moving on <laughs> we have the Roosters team Mitch what is happening with the Roosters team I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that unless you're Dylan Walker, you don't get in trouble when you're home with your family. So, oh no. <laughs> uh, Paul Bobrovsky replaces Kevin Nagama in the centres, and Co Co Takiaho comes in for Daniel Sulka Fafida on the bench. Sam Verrills is again named in the number nine jersey, but could be benched for Drew Hutchison before kickoff, as per last week. And I would not be surprised to see that. 
Yep, 100%. And look, I think they've worked out that uh, Sam Verrills operates a little bit better off 60 minutes if uh, Drew Hutchinson takes that early, blows the game, and then goes sits back on the bench's cover, basically, halves cover. So, okay, looking at this team, guys, Nick, take us away, mate. Who are you interested in? Um, uh, just a bit of an audible here. I think um, last week... Uh, Joseph Suwali wasn't even in the 17, but he came on to the run-in. So I was going to say Joseph Suwali, but he played last week and he was pretty average. So anyway, um, I was huge on him pre-season just because he's like pretty much turbo size and he's an absolute unit. Um, but I might wait another week or two to swing a, um, get a cheapy DPP back into the system again, maybe cash out another cash cow. Just, just for a thought for next week, we'll see how he goes this week. Um, on to my scripted stuff. Uh, Sam Walker, guys. Uh, I cannot recommend him enough again. He's only 520k. Scored a 49 with 25 break-even, so the prodigal son continues to rack up nice scores. Um, high 40s, low 50s, between 48 and 52. I think average appears to be where he's at. His upside is obvious um, with his talent, uh, but for now, I reckon if you get him in, he'll make another 150k or so. Got him as a buy. Would you bring him the other over one? Jackson Hastings? Pardon? Would you bring him over Jackson Hastings? Uh, either or. I think they're fairly interchangeable, personally. Easy. Um, I'd, I'd probably lean Walker, personally, but... Um, yeah, I, thought Hastings, I thought Hastings was better with the eye test. Seriously. Oh, I didn't, I didn't watch either, so... What, he's what just in the, he's, he, Hastings in the worst team, uh, but he looked good. He looked really good at halfback, actually. But, yeah. They, 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 they were... Yeah. The thing with Hastings, you got to discount his score by five points because he's got that field goal, right? Oh, that's true. And, and Sam Walker got the try, so. But yeah, I don't know. Sammy I, Walker scores he, tries because he's, he's that kind of player. Yes, he yeah. is that kind of player. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then the other one, um, Gus Crichton. Um. He back to the starting edge. So when he plays, uh, starting edge. He plays a full 80 minutes, so he's not one of those guys that plays a 60 minutes, so he's got the 0.75 ppm. Um, so he's he's back to his 80-minute role, which is important because he's uh, dropped a whole bunch of cash coming off the bench. So whilst Origin come, is coming up, um, he continues to put up mid-40s, uh, which will keep him out of keeper territory for now. But um, are, we, are we hoping he's going to come good? Um, uh, Mitch, what do you reckon? Are you big on Gus this week? I am big on Gus this week. A uh, few things to say. First thing is, I think he's hit the floor. I think mid-40s will be as low as Gus goes, particularly at that, that sort of current PPM. And he does look like the minutes are, are secure. So if you are going to get him, this is the floor. Uh, and the thing to remember is St. George has struggled against fast play the balls and second rowers tearing up the middle. And that's Angus Crichton. And as you've written down here, Nick, 41 tackles and two tackle busts. So he's had very few attacking stats. I think if he's going to have an attacking stat week, it'll be against this Dragons team. They they cannot stop the fast play of the ball and the big mobile second rower. Um, it could it could get ugly in the middle. Um, mm. I know their forward pack can go toe-to-toe, but if they manage to get a few part, fast play of the balls, I think Gus could have a week. So if we're at the floor, I think it's about to start creeping up the other way. The only issue I have, and I'll put it back to you guys, is... Are we worried that he could have another bit of a dip in that origin period? Because he was he's probably the second or third person selected on that team. Do Yeah, oh look, he he could have a bit of a dip, but he generally plays pretty well because they rotate him 
through that side because you know they've got Cam Murray and everyone else in that team as well. So he he doesn't go through too much of an origin dip. It's more that last few years he's picked up niggles that time of year. So mm. like and which I think he started off this year. I think that's why he's been playing off the bench. So look, he he's a bit of a concern for me this week. I his his break even is fifty two from memory. So the uh I I would say that you probably have a week for Angus, unless he pulls out 120 out of his back pocket, you probably have a week to get back on Angus. Now that I've said that, he'll do, you know, a ponger and get a century. But <laughs> I feel like it's coming. He's a career uh, 59 average in the 80-minute second row. So And, and he's priced um, at, so 620 puts him priced at what? Uh, that's what, 46, 45. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, that's pretty gross. Okay, so so there is a lot of money to be made even as a cash cow for Angus Crichton. So look, if you if you want to wake and make a uh, wait a week make sure that he gets that thing you can do it but know that you've only got round 8 through to 12 for him to play in your team if you do like if you want to get the absolute max the juice out of him get him in this week mm, uh, yeah he's a really 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 solid buy actually this week he might actually be a, he might actually approach the must category anyway um, my last one Zach Lomax he's in my team that's the only reason why I'm talking about him 57 26 break even um, I flagged pre-season. I sort of had him, I think, high 40s, low 50s, um, just based upon uh, his breakup with Jess Surges. So uh, finally he gets a good score because um, he's been sin-binned. And uh, as Dragons fans know, the right edge with Jaden Sewer has been sin-binned a couple of times as well, <laughs> um, which has been an absolute nightmare. But anyway, he finally cracks out a good score. Um, I wouldn't have him as a buy at all. Um, hold him. If if you really love Lomax, like if you if you think he passes your eye test, you can bring him in as a goal kicker, which sort of separates him from all those other guys. Um, but anyway, um, Mitch, what do you have? Uh, I have two players, mate. First one, I've talked to him every week, and I'm going to continue to. Benny Hunt, very very shaky in the first thirty minutes. He's probably about the biggest confidence player in the entire NRL. As soon as that pack got rolling uh, with the presence of Laurie and Maguire, he looked a different player with a bit more time. He had an unusually bad tackling day, guys. Seven missed tackles, which is a potential 21 points loss for him. He often doesn't have any missed tackles. He's not a pickup, but certainly still not a sell. He is the real deal. He is a great player. That win will have given me a lot of confidence. He could have very easily had 65-plus points last week. He continues to drink the whole milkshake. He looks good. Um, just continue to give him time. The other one, and I spoke about him last week as well, was James Tedesco. 40 points, 63 break-even. He's at 614K, guys. We sort of said this was his chance against the Warriors to crack out a score and show us that he still is the player he was. He didn't really do that. If he doesn't do it against St. George this week, I probably won't touch him for the rest of the year uh, because this is the sort of team that he should carve up. We saw Damian Cook carve St. George up the middle. I think we should see Angus Crichton, James Tedesco do the same. If they don't... Um, I don't know if I'd eject him if I had him, but I certainly won't be touching him as someone who doesn't own him. Any thoughts mm, there? Good call. Yeah, yeah, good call. I I'll, agree. Oh, look, it's the only... Uh, sorry, the only uh, James Tedesco owner here. Yeah. Oh, I, look, it's... Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I'm, a, I'm very shaky on James Tedesco. It's just as far as his ability to mesh 
with the team as it's going. And look, it's it's not super concerning, except for the fact that we're coming up to Origin anyway. He normally gets, you know, coddled a little bit on the way back in, you know, misses a game here, game there. So really, you've got four games after this week of James Tedesco to, for him to start making the points. And we know that uh, wing fullback's been very flip-floppy. There's no obvious candidate to take his spot. Ponga has been even worse as far as his flip-floppiness. But at least Ponga's had a really up game. James Tedesco, has he had a, like a really standout game for you guys so far? No, like Ponga, the up game tells me that Ponga is on the way up and looking a bit more healthy. Whereas Tedesco, as I said, has been three or four yards slower. He's lacking the big footstep um, or that big right footstep. I, I just think this is what he is. I really do. I think he might crack out the odd 60 or 70, which is what I said last week. But he's not a top tier winger fullback anymore. Um, no. And, and yeah. so, look, for those of you out there who are thinking to hit the eject button, look, because Taylor May does get dual play position this week, and it looks like he, he's also on the very much scoring some decent points, if not, you know, hundreds out there as, as cover for you. You know, it would I wouldn't hate anyone who's doing it, like, especially if you're looking to bring in Cleary, right? I know that we don't really trade keepers, but, you know, I'll probably forgive that one. Uh, I don't know if he's a keeper anymore. I totally disagree. I reckon he deserves the benefit of the doubt as a fantasy manager. He's performed in the past. Um, The Roosters, you know, building into the season. Whilst he hasn't blown the doors off, I think he will be better. I just feel like you're burning a trade for a guy that you really will want later on, you know. You do want to see something against this Dragons team. I really would want to see it. James Tedesco was an 800k player at the beginning of 2020. So he was like a 900k player in 2019. 800k player 2020, beginning of 2020. Dropped to a, he dropped to 600k in 2020, but he came back. So he was a 700k player. Like, and this year he started at 695 and he's now down to 600. It's he's, he's just a slow, it's a very well, slow trajectory. If you, if you, if you understand where he's been, like last year, um, the team was torn apart and he had a completely different role. So they're still settling to their halves combinations and him being more of a ball runner and less of a playmaker, so to speak, where really he can make some stupid amounts of points with his running with tackle busts and line breaks and tries where hopefully we get back to that again. That that That's the goal is all I'm saying. Oh, of course. It, it definitely is. And I think if he's going to do it, I'd want to see it this week because there's no better team to bust up the middle and make a few tackle breaks than this this St. George pack. That's actually pretty, pretty true. It's not like you're going to see M by flying out of the line to to put a shot on or uh, or make the tries, you know, the around the ankles try saver. <laughs> he must be licking his chops this week, James Tedesco. Maybe he's got a few meat buyers in him. But anyway, 100%. but look, I, I definitely have a big warning watch on him. He's certainly on my radar of people I'm concerned about. Uh, moving on, I've also got another guy. I guess if anyone bought Luke Keery to start the season, bad luck to you, unfortunately. He's basically dropped Turbo Max change, 200K now, uh, and it's not slowing down. He's got a 58 break even. He scored 34 points. Uh, he just... He's the living proof that it takes 18 months to come back fully from ACL. He just doesn't have the confidence yet, or I think the um, he's just not built back into the game enough yet, and the team has, hasn't has worked out Luke Keery yet either. 
Like, if you think he needs the, to go back to five eighth, I said it at the start of the season. Hundred percent. But the last time that he was playing, he had Boyd Cordner in that team. He had uh, who else was in that Jake team? Friend. Yeah, Jake Friend. Both Morris brothers hanging out the sides, right? Like he was playing. He had all these guys around him, and now he's got all these new blokes, right? Who he hasn't played with, who haven't played with him, right? Who don't remember that he got you know beaten up by Russell Crowe, so. It's just yeah, there's nothing there for him. So yeah, Mitch has flagged this like perfectly uh, over the last few weeks with the injury and the position and no Cooper Cronk and all all this type of stuff. He's just he's just not the same player he was. And he's too much of a risk. Hundred percent. But look, the other side of it is, is that he's a definitely for me. He's a real chucker star guy because he will be sub five hundred k soon if on his current trajectory, which means is that when he does turn that corner, right, he will be worth a buy. So just keep an eye out for Luke Keary because uh, no ch- he's no chance of playing Origin. So, look, guys, this game, who have we got winning this week? Nick? I have the Roosters by 18. Big Whoa. win. Excellent, Nick. Uh, that's a big that's a big win for the Roosters there. Mitch, what have you got? I've got Dragons by two. I like what I saw when... Uh... Maguire and Laurie came on and uh, they might have a bit more confidence this week, the Dragons. And I don't think the Roosters are that good or I haven't seen enough yet. I think they're still trying to figure it out. No, 100%. They were not that good. They beat the Warriors last week, but it was not convincing. They did not deserve to. They they were gifted that by the bunker. They that were. was gross. Yeah, I was not, not thrilled by the bunker. I saw the replay. Uh, look, I've it got the Roosters by good. 10. I reckon they've, they've probably got it together a little bit more. But again, wouldn't be sad for an upset. All right, guys, we get to the end of the round. So 7 p.m. on Monday, we have the Storm versus the Warriors. So Storm, Papenhausen named despite an ankle injury. Bromwich brothers return, both of them return from COVID. Uh, Jesse at prop, Kenny back row, Brandon Smith and Trent Leoro move to the bench. And Chris Lewis, he of the White Powder and Alec McDonald uh, shift to the reserves. And Warriors team. Nick, what's happening with the Warriors, man? Uh, Matt Lodge returns from a side strain. Aaron Panay goes back to the bench. And Taniella Otukolo drops to the reserves. Sean Johnson, John Curran, and Josh Curran have been named. Despite copying knocks against the Roosters. And Jazz Tavanga returns from suspension. Fire the reserves. I'm not sure if Jazz Tavanga probably even cracks his side. Just look at the bench here of Nikarima, Afoa, Penay, and Katoa. So. Yeah, I'd say they'd probably line up 1-17. to 17. That's it. Oh, look, I think, you know, it's it's Nathan Brown. You never know. He could be playing number <laughs> three next week. So, um, look, I'll, I'll throw one out here straight away, which is, is that we warned you against Jesse, Jesse Arthurs. Jesse Arthurs got a 10 last week. You have now been warned about Jesse <laughs> Arthurs, right? In this team, unfortunately, you, you live outside... Uh, these back rowers, it looks like uh, Bailey Sirenen doesn't like to pass the ball either. And Ewan Aiken hates to see the ball pass him. I've seen him <laughs> leap up into the air to catch cutout balls. <laughs> he does. <laughs> He'd rather knock it on and give the ball back to the other team than let someone else catch it. That's it, mate. I'm surprised he doesn't do more one-on-one strips so he can get the ball back. Anyway, so, guys, uh, for me... One for me, and it's 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 not even a huge call for me. It's but it's one of those ones that interests me. Matt Lodge. 
He's got a 48 break even, so he's not necessary for this week, but one I really want to keep an eye on this week and for the viewers at home. He's almost sub 500k. He's a quality prop, and he's only played a couple of fit games this year. So I reckon he's a cut rate, what I would call a bench keeper. So he's just a guy that you can pick up for sub 500k, park there, and he'll punch at 40s and 50s for you all year. And he, he does have a big score in him. He can score 60s and 70s in him. So... Look, Matt Lodge, keep an eye on him this week if he's back properly from injury. And it also means the Warriors will do better because when he and Adam Fanua Blake are going well, they bust teams up early. So, anyway, that's me. Uh, Mitch, what have you got, mate? Uh, I've got a couple here, guys. So, going to lead off with Joshy King. He had 25 points in 61 minutes. Very disappointing given the minutes received. 26 tackles with four missed tackles and one error and only 96 metres gain. A number of demerits and a total lack of attacking stats for King. I really feel he suffered against a stronger uh, pack in the Sharks. Like they sort of matched up quite well against the Melbourne Storm. The interesting question is, is will he keep Brandon Smith's minutes going forwards? He looks like he's as close to cashed out regardless and I'm looking to trade him out. But... Is it time for King to get the minutes from, uh, or Josh, or Brandon Smith rather, to get the minutes from Josh King? Or is this how we're going to see this Melbourne Storm team as King sort of stolen Brandon Smith's minutes? Uh, Stu, what are you thinking? Well, look, his break even is 44, right? And Brandon Smith's break even is 59. So you probably got a week there uh, to check it out as far as a straight swap for Brandon Smith, but you will actually make money on that trade. Brandon Smith is 494K. Uh, the issue is, is that Brandon Smith last week scored 24 <laughs> and he, in less minutes. Uh, Mitch, just thinking about it, he broke that hand the week before. Yep. Uh, so, sorry, like a, a few weeks back, right? Round, uh, round one. Yep. So came back and then he four. came back round three way early, right? Yep. Fr- from way, that. way too early, way way too early, right? And he seems to have been down on a bit of form since. How long do you reckon it'll take him to recover properly if playing games each week? Because I know that probably Zach's six like- probably six weeks. He he probably is back to back to um, being right. If not this week, certainly next week. But it's probably instead of being a four week sort of recovery, which is a typical hand fracture recovery, he's probably added two, maybe three. Okay. So, so different to a thumb like Lomax. That's that's a different kettle of fish. Okay. Thumbs are thumbs are really nasty. Okay, fair enough. Well, look, I, I guess as far as it goes for Brandon Smith, for me, is that with a break even of just about sixty, he's not a buy this week because you know that he can go further, and we also haven't seen the upside yet, right? Um, I would want want to see one good week. I would say we pick any of those other forwards we've booked out. I would pick Cam McInnes over him over Brandon Smith this week. I would pick Angus Crichton over Brandon Smith this week. But if you can't swing it, you can run the risk. But you could also see Brandon Smith not perform that great this year. So, don't know. I, I would definitely... It's a tricky one, isn't it? I think I need to see... I would probably pick two, Matt Lodge two... over Brandon Smith this week. I, I, I want to see at least two good weeks from Brandon Smith before I even consider it. But, I think but at Josh this point, Josh has King... has to go. Oh, he's, he's gone. I'm putting in Crichton for Josh King. There you go. Problem solved. You, you got a yeah keeper for not keeper. It's it's trade of the year, mate. I don't know about that, but it's 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 an upgrade. Excellent. Okay. Uh, who else you've got there, Mitch? 
The other one is Ryan Pappenhausen. He's currently at 600 or 706k, 45 points last game with a 57 break in break even. He does have an ankle injury, but he was named in the starting side. Um, look, they'll strap it heavily. We might see a bit of a drop in his performance this week. He's a keeper. He's on probably the best team in the NRL. He might have a bit of a down week, but you're in it for the long haul with Ryan Pappenhausen. Um, enjoy the peaks and troughs. Mm, 100%. All right, Nick, what have you got, mate? Harry Grant, the start of the round, 779K, 77 fantasy points, which is bloody awesome for his mm. price point. 41 break even and a 10.4% ownership. So Stu was his recommended captain. Uh Recommended him as captain, I should say, last week. And if he didn't have Cleary. And I think that was a great call, Stu. So congrats on that. Oh, it's the only in reason four... why I'm not ranked 15 million. <laughs> <laughs> in four games, he's played. He's only had one uh, quote-unquote bad score of 47. So that just shows the kind of form he's in. He's averaging 63.3 when you include that score as well. So if you don't have him, um, I would strongly consider cashing out your cows and bring him in. I know he's going to play Origin. Blah 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 blah, but he's a you know got another hundred k or or so to go in price rises, and he's a keeper hooker. So you know if it's if it's cashing out like a Randall or a Crichton or you know those types of players we discussed throughout the pod. Um, now that we're now you've already reached a Josh King, you know cash out those types of players to bring in a, a absolute stud in Harry Grant. And it gives you a really solid backup captain option. I think. Fair enough. All right, guys, and we've all got the Storm to win this one, I believe. Well, Nick, you haven't put yours down, mate, so obviously you've got the Warriors. How much are the Warriors winning by in your one? Uh, uh, by negative 10, so Storm by 10. <laughs> storm by 10. Mitch? Uh, I've got Storm by at least 20. Oh, excellent. And, look, I've got the Storm by 20 as well. So, I, yeah, unfortunately, they've just got the class this year. Unfortunately, it seems to be the Storm and the Panthers are just up there and other teams just – they just can't hang on for the 80. So – Anyway, we'll see how that one runs. Uh, it could be another upset of the week. You know, I'm hoping it is because uh, it's always good when the Storm lose. <laughs> Especially uh, when they lose two premierships at once. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> do you know that they had those on like, they had like those promo shirts out a few years back and they still had that those premierships on there? So, so they're Are you going kidding? About, like, nah, I'm not kidding, man. It's like, Gross. you speak to Ken Smith and all those guys, they're, they're kind of like, well, we won. It's like, you guys cheated. It's like, yeah, but we still won the game. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but you cheated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just like, oh, man. Anyway. But, that's the culture of Melbourne, mate. They don't see that they did wrong, you know. That's why they just keep on cheating. That's it. They, like, um, mate, people, have... people just give you random boats, right? <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say they have like their... Uh... With 2009 winning title on their boats. <laughs> that's it. Reunions and stuff like that. They have a boat party or something like that. Well, that's it with all the boats that they just happen to be given for free every once in a while. Oh, just made of mine gave you a boat, mate. You're, you're sweet. Anyway, moving on. Let's go to our To The Moon segments, guys, because that's the end of the round. So these are the guys with the lowest break even. I've obviously excluded a few guys who aren't fantasy relevant along the way. But look, CSC for Talakai, for the third week, he joins us here, guys. So he will make some money this week. He'll make an abs- If he has a good game, he will make another 60 grand because uh, he's got a break-even of six. Ronaldo Militalo, break-even seven. Katoni Staggs, break-even eight. Justin Olin, break-even eight. Have you, are you noticing a center trend at the moment here? Oh, mate, there's so many centers at the moment that, that are in form. 
that's it. Uh, look, I've also got Edric Lee with a break-even of eight. So, guys, if you're looking to cash down this week, you could do it, but you would really, and I mean really want to make sure that Heimel Hunt doesn't take his spot. Uh, we have Kelma Tulagi, break-even of 12. Bodie, uh, Brody Jones, break-even of 13. Don't worry, I keep on trying to call him Bodie instead of Brody Jones, but anyway, I do. And David Nofaluma, break-even of 16. Or maybe he is Bodie Is he Bodie Jones? No, it's Brody, mate. Yeah, okay. I just keep on spelling it wrong. Just <laughs> like his body. And uh, David Nofaluma, break-even of 16. So, look, point of difference, guys. Uh, look, I'm going to have to go back with Jackson Hastings. Uh, guys, go get him in if you are short a mid-range half, like a second half to go next to Cleary. He's a pretty good half to have. And as you can see from that game that they just won there, he's going to get a good long time at number seven running that team. And he looks good. So I've only watched the highlights, but they were most of the Jackson Hastings highlights. <laughs> No, uh, it's true. He like as much as they go, oh man, man of the match. Uh, you know, uh, should have been his mate Luke Brooks. The answer is is that if Jackson Hastings doesn't play that game, the they lose by a fair bit. There's not many points in that Tigers team. All right, Mitch, who have you got, mate? Mate, I was just doing a little bit of research because it was something I forgot to do, and I found that Angus Crichton currently has. Take a guess at his ownership, Stu. What is his current percentage ownership? Well, he's been going there for the while. What, five percent, six percent? Four point eight four. He's a point. Ooh, he's that's a, player. a pod. That's a pod. So Angus Crichton's my pod of the week. If he, I've brought him in for uh, uh, Joshy King, and uh, I, I think it. if he's going, if he's going to have his week, it'll be this week. So cost me, you know, an extra hundred k, but I think that's hundred k well spent. That that really shores up my um, mid, and I think he's on the way up. Though I will pay for it around Origin time. No, that's fine. Look, uh, Angus Crichton, he's a guy that you know. We had him round one. It's just that he was busted and they didn't tell us. Oh, that's really? right. And I'm, I'm hoping I can make 100K back on him. It should be great. 100%, exactly. We, we got out before he went down too far. We can get back on. Um, look, Nick, who have you got? I'm just running it back with Sam Walker. I still feel like he's a pod. I still think he's got 100, 150K to run in price rises. I think he's the sort of guy you want on your team as well if you're just a footy fan. So still bring him in, I reckon, even at 520k. Awesome. All right. Uh, okay, guys, and captaining this week, who have we got in? Mitch. Cleary. Nick. Cleary. Excellent. And look, if I can't manage to bring in Nathan Cleary this week, guys, Payne Haas versus the Bulldogs, he looks like he might have a bit of a good time. You reckon against that pack? I don't know about that. He has a pretty good history because the Bulldogs have had a good pack for a few years. But he has a pretty good history against the Bulldogs. So I, I guess we'll see from that one. So I reckon I reckon he's the go. The other option I've got is, of course, Harry Grant uh, versus the Warriors. He could go pretty well too because unlike most hookers, he loves an attacking stat. So, oh, he does. And uh, as we know, the Warriors... Uh, Unfortunately, turning up 80% of the time means that you're not turning up 20% of the time. Mm, mm. So uh, defensively. So th those would be my ones there. Uh, like trades this week. Mitch, what are you doing? King to Crichton? King to Crichton. Brought it up a few times. Excellent. Nick, what have you got? 
I'm just looking at flogging Nana. I think this week, I think he's he's right for us selling. Um, other okay. than that, uh, I'm not quite sure when I can swing. So I might just have to have a think and um, uh, hit you guys up in the DMs. Yeah, well, look, there's a, there's a few guys going this week, but they're no, there's no hundred percent locks. So mm. I guess we'll see. Uh, and look, for me this week, uh, I had a no trade week last week because I rolled back my Hastings call. But look. I could, I could, I thought about getting in Ponga and McInnes or possibly Ponga and Crichton. Uh, I was thinking McInnes just because he doesn't play Origin. Uh, I could also get clear in Akashi. So I'm just got to sit down and uh, work through that one. Uh, I w- thought about Ponga and Edric Lee and then I would have so many nights. Oh, thank God. I'd have I like just want to see it. I want to see it. The, the I want to see is, that. Well, it's because there's been so many injuries. There's so many options in that team, right? So that's the reason why you're there. Anyway, we got. let's get to the very last point. We've got some guys who ask some questions, and they're now two hours into their night. They're going, what the hell have we been doing? And we'll go and answer their questions. So look, Brenton Vicarious, who's possibly the uh, the most active man on the questioning forums for every single podcast ever. He's asking, is Kurt Mann a sell to Josh Jackson? And I think my answer to that one, I think I think we always answer that one, is no. That would be the short answer. Yeah, don't sell Kurt Mann yet. He, uh, he's playing 13, and he does pretty well. Uh, next one is, is Josh Jackson a buy, which I guess from the other side is we were saying kind of, but there's so many middle forwards to buy at the moment, aren't there, guys? Like, would you yeah. wait Josh Jackson or Angus Crichton for the same price? Angus Crichton, no brainer. Nick, hundred percent. Yep, I'm, I'm just having a look now. Josh Jackson is six hundred thirty-four k. So yeah, they're literally yeah. the same price. So yeah, oh, one is Angus Crichton and one is Josh Jackson. That's it, exactly right. So Angus Crichton for me, just do that upside. He can get an eighty. Uh, Josh Jackson has to literally tackle the posts to get an eighty. So. Okay, moving on. And he's Starling a 50 points guy. We've all said yes. yes. Go get him. Yes, yes, must. He's the must this week. That's it, unless you haven't got Nathan Cleary or $1.6 million <laughs> in the bank. Uh, <laughs> I'm just glad that I've got him because I don't have two must buys. Okay, I have Erosha Danhanayake. How long is David Moali going to be on the bench for the Rabbitohs? Mark Nichols' injury and being in and out of the 17th. The answer is David Moali. You have absolutely no idea how long he's in for. You don't know whether he's going to play this week or not. He's just being slowly tuned up for first grade. He's looks like he's got first grade quality, but he's not Payne Haas. And very few people are Payne Haas, but they come in at 18, they get the spot, and they keep that spot for 70 minutes. So... Yeah, you'd want to, you'd want to wait until Origin happens and, and there's a bit more minutes for him. I think when Arrow and Murray are called away, then you actually really get to see what he can do. That's it, and even then, Nichols will be back around that time. So yeah, it's it's be sketchy, but yeah, hundred percent around around then. But then you're just carrying this dude on your bench who's playing every third week. That's it. So yeah, not a buy. Uh, we got Damien Peter, cash cows to sell. So he's got four guys who he's looking to sell. Josh King, this is a good place to be. Sell, yep. Kurt Mann, Jeremiah Nanai, Steve Crichton. Hold man, I- sell Nanai, sell Crichton. Mitch? Uh, I think uh, hold man, 
sell uh, sell King, absolutely. Uh, I think Nanai's got a little bit more cash, and I think Stephen Crichton, you could wait a week. I think he'll be up and down, and if you can hang in there till Origin, he'll probably come back up again. That's it. And, uh, yeah, for me, it would be which one of Nanai and Crichton do you need more? Because your bench will need one or the other. And the answer is probably you'll need Steve Crichton because there are so few wing fullbacks, right? Unless mm. you take the gamble on a guy like Taff, who's shown that he's got a ceiling of 36 with <laughs> six frigging goals. No, mate, Taylor May, he's, out, he's you know, opposite uh, winger. Do you know Stephen Crichton has the highest uh, ownership in the entire NRL fantasy at 47.24? It makes sense. He's it's, yeah. and, and it speaks for itself, doesn't it? People have him for a reason. Yeah, there's nowhere to go with the money. You can go and get Ponga and then enjoy six points, which he got a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> six points. He's like, playing Parramatta. I, think, I don't think he's going to have 102. No, and Steve Crichton, for as much as you think, like if you watch those guys, even he's running the ball back now. Right, his base stats are twenty twenty-five. A couple of tries or a try assist at the back has got still kicking hands. Anyway, I'm I'm gonna hold Stephen Crichton. I've just convinced myself. Uh then I take it or leave it. Uh Tal Malolo, is he a strong buy? Mitch? No. Nick? No. For me, uh strong buy, no, but he's an interesting buy. Uh if you want to buy him, you just gotta choose am I not buying Angus Crichton? Am I not buying Cameron McInnes? Uh, he does have the strongest starting spot out of those three. And is Ponga a strong buy, Mitch? I don't hate it, but I won't be getting him. I don't think he's a strong buy. A strong he's going to be so up and down. No, he's a, he's a, I wouldn't hate it, but he's not strong. Not strong. Nick? Look, I think he is just based on his price cycle. Fair enough. Okay, and and for it's me, break even. You break even at twenty, so it's like why not? You know, that's true. Well, I guess the price only matters, like as far as his break even. Uh, yes, I guess next week he will be priced in the six hundred somewhere. Yeah, I exactly. Point, yeah. Unless he gets a six, so yeah, that's a concern. So if you do want to get Ponga as your third wing fullback to complete your set of whatever you need, it's a good week to get him in. Um, you could see people rolling around next week with a back line of Pappenhausen, Heinz, uh, Tedesco, and Ponga. So that a couple could, of years that ago, could be me. That, that, that could be insane. Like if it a couple of years ago, you could you could start with all those guys. Could be exactly on the right week you score fourteen hundred points. On the wrong week you score twenty seven. Uh, <laughs> all right now look i'm just going to quickly check to make sure that uh I, I must say thank you for everyone for responding to the post we did get a lot of questions in this week uh i guess nick we we did get quite a few people who uh decide that they like the uh the post as well as just the story so that was good we, we got quite a few people bouncing them through but um, look, no, that seems to be the end of the main ones. A few other people I've responded back to you directly because they were specific trade questions and everyone doesn't need to talk about whether you need to sell one guy or the other guy. Uh, all right. So wrap up thoughts this week, guys. A- any particular thoughts, Mitch? Uh, no, I think I've got left it all out there on the field today, guys. <laughs> uh, you still got... Tooled up, mate, forty to six. But yeah, you done well. You left it out. <laughs> nah. Uh, okay, Nick. How about yourself? No, nah, that's it, man. Let's let's get it. Excellent. Yeah, let's wrap it up because it's uh, ten to eleven here, guys, and uh, we all got early start. So look, thank you for listening. 
uh thank you for liking for following the post uh for sharing for your questions and everything else and make it interesting for us uh do, i do not thank you for beating me in the uh in a, the boom or bust leagues but uh thank you for everything else and uh we'll catch up with you guys later thank you mitch thank you nick Peace, guys thanks boys